Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag 3, whoever he is. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this This is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international over the first Hey, why the fuck is the gas so hot? I'm here today to announce the appointment of David Weiss as a special counsel. What the f*** is this? Beginning in 2019, Mr. Weiss, in his capacity as U.S. Attorney, began investigating allegations of certain criminal conduct by Robert Hunter Biden. Come on, man. That was four days ago, five days ago. This appointment confirms my commitment to provide Mr. Weiss all the resources he requests. It also reaffirms that Mr. Weiss has the authority he needs to conduct a thorough investigation based only on the facts and the law. <laughs> I doubt it. You are fake news. You talk like a fag and your shit's all retarded. Very fake news. I agree with that. It's not against the law, whole fuck all right america go to the youtube right now big ups to rebecca for keeping that woke congratulations <laughs> to both of you you're awesome i can't do it we'll do it live i'll write it and we'll do it live <laughs> fuck it we'll do it live Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the very best. You can ask anyone about that. People often do. I'm told this is the Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. Don't worry, our... uh, National Nightmare is over. We'll get to your personal nightmare in a moment. But our National Nightmare is done. They got him. They ruby-ridged Santa Claus. Thank God they got that elderly, hardly mobile man before he could assassinate. I feel safer. What about you? Elderly, hardly mobile man. And the rest of the White House. He was going to get at them all. And Alvin Bragg, too. (laughs) And yeah, Santa did post some shit on social media. I'm not going to (laughs) pretend he didn't, okay? Yeah, but he did. <laughs> the mystery remains, why did the FBI think it was tactically necessary to send a dozen plus agents in full kits to raid the home of a man they already knew to be of little little physical threat? All of that happening in Provo, Utah, early on Wednesday morning. Later in the show, Tim Rich, who is a personal friend of Craig Robertson, the man the FBI raided and killed, he will join us and share his perspective on his friend, and the incident. Before that, I've already buried the lead, of course. As you can see in the title, Blonde does not have AIDS. Kind of sounds like a Mari episode or something. Um, but if that's at all unclear to you, momentarily, she will explain exactly what that means. There was a there was a moment in time this week where it was believed otherwise. For <laughs> yeah, it was during the Wednesday show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But the show must go on, even if you think you have AIDS. Uh, I showed up to the Wednesday show, even though I thought I had HIV. Okay, <laughs> That is commitment to the audience. I tried true. to get out of it. I'm texting you. I'm like, I'm like, bro, I can't. And you're like, 
well, uh, we have to be reliable and blah, blah, blah. I was like, I will murder you. I cannot do this tonight. I was <laughs> trying I to be professional. Like, I'm thinking in my head, bitch, you don't have AIDS. We're doing the show. <laughs> and it turns out I was right. You are right. Yeah. Uh, later in the show, in a surprising move Friday, Attorney General Merrick Garland appoints U.S. Attorney David Weiss, yes, the guy already investigating Hunter Biden, as special counsel in the Hunter Biden case. But Merrick Garland says it's all in pursuit of the truth and justice, which, of course, is a very convincing indicator that it is not. Uh, meanwhile, the judge in Trump's January 6th case issues a, a limited protective order to uh, restrict what Trump can say publicly about the case. And before we get out of here, we have uh, hoax hate, including an update in that mysterious murder of a gay man on the streets of New York City by a teenager that we discussed last week. The teen accused of a hate crime murder uh, is now going to claim self-defense, his lawyer says. But all of the evidence is still uh, restricted. It's not publicly available. We can't see it yet. And uh, tonight's movie review is Kung Fu Panda. So stick around for that as well. We'll catch up with your super chats in between topics 10 bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good low down money grabbers. It will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show related and support the show for as little as a buck a month over on the website. That is mattchristensenmedia.com. Listener support is hugely appreciated and it is what keeps the show operational so if you enjoy the show, please consider supporting the show. We also have show merchandise for sale on the site. Plus, we have offers from friendly listener-owned businesses as well. This week's feature business is our friends at Kineo Mountain Woodsmithing. Hold on. Let me get the uh -oh. promo up here. Already messing up. Don't want to do that to our friends at Kineo Mountain Woodsmithing. These are high-quality... <laughs> Handmade premium hardwood cutting boards, charcuterie boards, serving trays, and more, all constructed with the materials and craftsmanship to last a lifetime. And the best part about Kineo Mountain's work, it's all customizable, not just in the selection of materials and shapes and colors, but in custom engraving, too. Blake at Kineo Mountain made me a cutting board engraved with my channel logo, and it looks incredible. It's a one-of-a-kind personalized addition to our kitchen, that we use nearly every day, and it hasn't aged a bit. And don't forget, Kineo Mountain can handle any sort of woodworking, from small table tray, uh, from small table trays rather, to big furniture projects. So if you're looking for a personalized gift for someone special, or bigger items to customize your home, make it fine hardwood craftsmanship from Kineo Mountain Woodsmithing, the absolute highest quality woodworking that will last you forever. Check them out at KineoWood.com. That's K-I-N-E-O wood dot com. And of course, listeners of this show get 10% off all Kineo Mountain woodsmithing products and services using promo code MATT10 at checkout. That's promo code MATT10 for 10% off everything from Kineo Mountain woodsmithing. You can find everything you need from Kineo Mountain woodsmithing, plus other great offers from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses like Hero Soap Company, Western Razor Company, Sonoran Defense Technologies and more. That's at mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals. Deals by listeners, for listeners. And of course, don't forget, all three of our signature soaps are also available from Hero Soap Company. You can try Timberline and Old West from yours truly, or try Oat Plus Almond from Blonde, now without the AIDS. Or, oh. try, or try all three. I'm not making any guarantees. <laughs> 
<laughs> try all three at HeroSoapCompany.com. Promo code MC Listener for ten percent off. Um, Buy it if you're a bug chaser. Find more information at MattChristiansMedia.com/deals as well. Okay, I've teased it enough. What is the meaning of the show title? What are all these AIDS references about? How deep can I get into the story? I guess I should just tell this whole story. Like, for those of you that watch the Wednesday show, you may have noticed that I was more distracted than usual. And that's because I spent all week thinking that I was HIV positive. So I'm not confirmed, not HIV positive, but, um, I have horrible health anxiety. I am a world-class hypochondriac. I have tested myself for everything out the wazoo diseases. I never could have gotten under any circumstances. So I was a thousand percent sure that I could not have been HIV positive. Um, except I still freaked out, even though it was impossible, you know, I still had a total freak out. So I told my midwife at the beginning of this pregnancy, like, listen, <clears throat> I don't want to do any unnecessary testing. It freaks me out. I hate waiting for results. There's always a chance of false positives. And she's like, that's fine. But we do have to repeat your prenatal profile. And I'm like, that's fucking stupid. That's stupid. My blood type hasn't changed. I haven't developed antibodies. That's a first pregnancy thing. I haven't had any new sexual partners in God knows how long. Uh, my husband's faithful. There's no reason I need to get tested for syphilis, chlamydia, HIV, blah, da, da, antibodies to whatever the fuck, like crazy prenatal testing. So I finally go in after just procrastinating. Like she's emailing me. She's like, you gotta, you gotta do this. I go in, they take like 10 vials of blood. You know, they got to poke me a bunch of times because my vein, they're like, oh, you're just, we're just pumping a dry well here. I'm like, Ugh. I was all pissed off. I had to sit in my car for 20 minutes after I got this uh, done because I was like, I can't drive home right now. <clears throat> then that night I get a little ding on my phone and I'm like, oh, okay, no big deal. Just all of these, this prenatal profile that I got in my last pregnancy, by the way. Did I mention that? Um, uh, came to my phone and it's like, do, 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 do. Oh, you're HIV positive. HIV positive. It was like midnight. Okay. So um, I tested positive for the P24 antigen and I tested negative for the antibodies. So that would mean that I would have had to, I, that, that I was HIV positive and I would have had to contract HIV in the last probably 30 days. 100% of people zero convert over 90 days and 60% over 30 days. So we're looking at like, I would have had to get HIV during my pregnancy. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so, and I tell so who was the, uh, the nurse at the hospital who found out about your YouTube channel and stabbed you with <laughs> HIV. That was the theory. Well, that's what I was thinking that, I yeah. mean, I was thinking like, because I'm reading online, like the chance of this happening is one in 10,000 for a false positive. So I immediately call my midwife and wake her up in the middle of the night. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And she's like, chill out. We've been having a lot of false positives at the women's health clinic. Like this is, I am hundred percent sure you don't have HIV. That's what she asked. <laughs> really. <laughs> she was really reassuring. And I'm like hyperventilating. I'm like, Oh my God, what, what about the baby? And my yeah. other daughter and dead and my husband and whatever. Um, and she's like, you, I, she said, I am 100% sure that this is a false positive. Yeah. So um, still not getting any sleep. And then I can't, I can't get my heart rate down. I have like persistent tachycardia. I'm having some chest pain and I'm, I'm thrown into like a, like a horrible panic attack. And I just felt like I needed to do something. So I went to the ER like an idiot. And naturally my ER doctor, some faggot, by the way. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't believe this. I was Thank like, you for I clarifying. Yeah. Right. 
he's like, well, I'm pretty sure this is a false positive, but you know, sometimes things happen. Is it possible that you have like a needle stick injury and you just don't know? And I'm like, <laughs> like, oh my God, I can't believe this is that. Like, you know, have you ever gotten such terrible news that your world is like, wah, 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 wah. like you're like, yeah. this is, this can't be, this can't be real. So I'm up all night like puking and like, I, I can't get my heart rate down after I leave the ER and everything. I read my chart. It's hilarious. It's like patient doesn't know why she came to the ER, but was clearly having a panic attack. Well, you knew why you were there. But I, I didn't know. I thought maybe they could do like an oral swab or something like that. Yeah. So I could get some confirmation, but you know, I'm, I'm calling my midwife uh, like all the time, all of my midwives, like all the time. And they're like really sick of me. Um, <clears throat> they're like, you're just going to have to wait. You're just, this is probably a false positive. It's been happening so much. Um, <clears throat> because pregnancy itself can, can cause false positives. A lot of other conditions can cause false positives, scary conditions like well, lupus and some cancers and some other stuff. I'm sure you'll probably get there, but the one detail I don't want to omit is that, um, there seems to be some, uh, testing problems at this particular venue. Yeah. I'll get to that in a okay. second. Um, but you know, if, even if this is a false positive, I'm like, well, is this some fucked up condition that is causing this? And like, I can't get any answers from anybody. Nobody's answering. Like I'm calling my clinic all the time. So what happens when this, when this happens, when the fourth generation HIV um, antigen and antibody tests positive, is it reflexes to the Mayo Clinic, which is the best lab in the world. And then they overnight your sample to the Mayo Clinic. So like, I'm waiting for three days. Like, we're just waiting. Well, what's going to happen? You know? my phone dings and um, it's like, you are confirmed antibody negative. And I'm like, I already knew that I'm antibody negative. It was the antigens that were positive. So I call my midwife, no one answers. I leave like three voice. And finally, I just have to go up to, to my OB-GYN's office. And I'm like talking to the lady at the front desk. And I'm like, listen, like, I, I false HIV positive test. Like I need to talk to somebody about this. I talked to some nurse who like clearly has no idea what's going on. Yeah. And she's like, this is the confirmatory test. We aren't expecting any other tests. And I'm like, I need an RNA test to come through to confirm that I am antigen negative. And they're like, that test is not coming. So I was like, all right, I'm going to have to sit on this this whole weekend. That's great. Um, and then while we're doing this interview with homeboy over here, I get a ding on my phone and it's like, JK, you're RNA negative. You don't have HIV, which is no surprise. So then I get into all these freakouts of like, what caused this? Because some of the conditions that cause this, like being infected with Epstein-Barr or um, cytomegalovirus, they have like really bad outcomes in pregnancy. And so I'm like, what's going on here? And so I'm calling nurses. I'm like, how frequently is this happening at the clinic? And they're telling me that like, that this is, this is the, I'm the second person this week and that this has happened, um, you know, probably like half a dozen times in the last which is insane, really, in any city. But <laughs> Coeur d'Alene is a city of 50,000 people. 50,000, right. So you have to. So if the chance of this happening in the general population is one in 10,000, which I don't believe that that's true because specificity on this test is like 99.8%. So like two in a thousand, I would say. Um, then at this clinic, at the lab, at the hospital lab, it's happening a thousand times more than it is in the general population. So like, Everybody's like, oh, it's just a false positive. Just chill out. Everything's fine. I'm like, well, you guys need to be, you need to, you need to fucking figure yeah, out. Clearly what's there's going a problem there. And by the way, uh, Blonde texted me Wednesday morning and I'm out in public and I get this text on my phone showing, 
you have HIV on this test result. And I legitimately burst out laughing like that's oh, hilarious because there's no way. So my Dude. response is like, nah, I don't care what the test says. That's not true. Um, Do you ever then, have these moments with your wife where you're like, I'm not like the right person. This happened with my husband. Like it's like midnight and I'm like, I'm HIV positive. And he just looks at me and he's like, like, like I had just been like, I'm going to make meatloaf for dinner. Like I had said nothing. Yeah, it's to so him. outrageous. He's like, no. And then he rolls over five minutes later. I look over and he's like, <laughs> yeah, remming. Perfect. Remming. That yeah, is our and- role. It's it's sense and uh, it's 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 sensibility. It's relaxation. It's calmness. Yeah. It's all of those yeah, things. Yeah. yeah. But can you imagine like if I didn't totally trust my husband or if if I had some risk factors, if I hadn't been tested for HIV like a dozen times, and you know, if, if I had some risk factors. How much worse women can miscarry from from yeah well and, and that's the the high uh, false positive rate in the whatever this particular facility is is outrageous but you tell me at least you told me before the fact that no that they got this information and nobody at this facility was like mm, maybe we should call her to deliver the news no it was just mm-hmm. automated hey by the way you have HIV. To uh, my midwife's credit, though, I called her immediately, yeah. and she answered and talked me off of a ledge. But, like, but nobody thought saw fit to soften the news to you. Right. That's what I was thinking, though. And then when the RNA test didn't come in, I was like, well, what if it's positive and they just wanted to withhold negative information from me so that they could deliver it in person? So it was, like, way worse hmm. waiting. But I don't know, like... I have family that uh, are doctors. I know I've known several physicians that have had needle stick injuries with HIV positive needles. And I, so I already knew that the chance of that happening, if you, if you stick yourself with an HIV positive needle, needle, you only have a 0.3% chance of contracting it. Hmm. And if you have sex with an HIV positive man, you only have a 0.08% chance of contracting it per sexual intercourse. So I was like, there's no way, even if my husband did have an affair, which I would die of shock. If he did, there's no way that that, that happened. There's no way I got a needle stick injury. Yeah. I didn't know it. And then so, this faggot doctor is just acting like this is what gay people do. They just act like, <laughs> like anyone can get AIDS, you know? Well, you, you do wonder if there is some kind of ideological motive in uh, in that framing. Sure. I could see that. I don't know. My One of my dear friends is a older homosexual man. And I, I was talking to him about this. I'm like, oh, my God. And he just like looks at me. We're on FaceTime. And he's like, girl now <laughs> yeah I, and i was like all right this is well, everybody thinks i'm crazy i'm so high maintenance but i just couldn't like i just cannot stop like i think i read every article that exists <laughs> about this i would hope that any moms to be or even dads to be in our audience when you go through the the various tests if you do uh, this is a great reminder just take everything with a grain of salt uh, it's one of the reasons that my family, for us, we we opt out of the genetic testing and all that stuff because sometimes I think there's a such thing as too much information, and there's certainly too much information oh, yeah. when it's wrong when it's information. Wrong, yeah. And I have no doubt that the anxiety caused to you throughout this episode um, is of far greater risk than than not getting the test in the first place because you're a person oh, who totally. lives a generally and healthy I, lifestyle. I did not want to get the test, but it, it is hospital policy. So I weighed myself today. I've lost two pounds this week. Which Ooh, is the AIDS not, diet. Which is not <laughs> yeah. good. You know, I'm pregnant. Maybe. Um, But yeah, I mean, I just thank God that I had like friends and family around me that, that my midwife was like, no, it's fine. Yeah, another um, important factor. Uh, it, it's a nice thing to have and an important thing to have when you get this sort of uh, scare. But, yes, and oh, this is a lesson to all pregnant women because the first thing I did was like go on Reddit. There are like 
thousands of stories like this. Uh, HIV uh, specifically, pregnancy can cause false positives and in the syphilis test as well. So there were tons of women like, how did I get HIV too? It only comes from monkeys in Africa. And then they're still freaking out about it, you know? Yeah. Well, uh, thank you for sharing the story. That actually was a great story, compelling and rich. And I, uh, on a serious note, I, as a, as an observer and somebody who was emotionally uninvolved found this to be both a hilarious and important story. So I appreciate you telling it because I know that it caused you a lot of stress this week. And as many chat jokes as there may be, I know it wasn't actually easy to talk about it. So thank you for doing that. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm keep like talking to my husband, like, well, what does God want me to learn from this? Because it can't be not to do unnecessary tests because like I tried to avoid this. That can't be the lesson. Like, does God want me to have even less faith in the medical establishment? God wants you to take it easy on the gaze, clearly. That occurred to me too. Yeah. Like maybe I should stop saying faggot, which is why I've said (laughs) faggot like four times in this story already. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to teach that bitch a lesson. That's what he was. That's what he was (laughs) thinking. Okay. Um, We'll have to keep it moving along, but uh, I'm sure questions and references will come up throughout the duration of the show. But you know what did not cause this Maui fire? Actually, nobody knows. Well, I've seen a lot of uh, everything is uh, conspiracized. If that's a word these days. Um, And I don't even say that dismissively because I think the ultimate conspiracy theory is what you see in the news, generally speaking, and what you hear from official sources. So I'm not saying that it was some sort of uh, concentrated energy weapon that caused the Maui fires. I'm just not, 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 not saying that because I don't know. Uh, What's the status on what is it? I shouldn't joke. It's a terrible situation. This This is an awful situation on that island. They still don't know what have caused the fires, but I'm totally convinced that this is all the government. That they're just they're government funded arsonists all over this country causing all these wildfires. Um, but it is just decimated Maui. Ninety three people are dead and they expect the death toll to to rise exponentially. And so they're asking people with missing loved ones to give DNA samples and things like that so they can do trace DNA samples on like piles of ash with bones. Oof. That's how bad it is. Okay. Yeah. So we're lo- I bet we're looking at 100, 150 deaths probably. Yeah, I mean, this sort of thing, given the weather that happened too, with just the the warm, high winds that were sweeping through the area, you know, uh, fires happen and they are fueled by winds. That is that is a thing. And uh, yeah. it appears to be what happened here. Yep. We have an update in the 7-Eleven case. I can't believe it. California authorities are not going after the 7-Eleven workers. No charges. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the whole story. But um, the Stockton DA came out and was like, the 7-Eleven store clerks are not and have never been suspects of the San Joaquin County District Attorney's Office. Um, Any investigation going forward is to hold accountable the individual who threatened and attempted to rob them. That's Mm. not true because there was a police statement initially that came out and said, we are investigating them. Yeah, so either that was false or what? But that, yeah. I think they got so much blowback that they were like, ooh, we better back off these sheiks. Holy sheet, you better back off these sheiks. <laughs> there was a better joke uh, in there somewhere. But something like, yeah, that's fine. We'll go with that. Uh, another update. Remember the woman, the that motherfucker is not real woman who allegedly saw a lizard person on the plane back in July. Everybody's been trying to figure out who she is. She has now revealed herself both in an interview with the Daily Mail and she posted, uh, she now has a social media presence and she posted an apology video but this is now her name yeah. is Tiffany Gomez. 
And I don't think we she, learned she barely that much did from what she's though. saying. Yeah. She, she just talks about how her life has been blown up and that's pretty much it. And she's like, so much of out there is what, uh, so much of what's out there is inaccurate. But then she wouldn't say anything. And then she releases this video that we'll watch in a second. But like, no matter the reason for this, why didn't she just say that she was on drugs because she has a fear of flying? Even if it's not true. Yeah. It's an That's apo- what you say. It's an apology video, but it, it, I would like an explanation of, um, first of all, I don't need your apology, but that's fine. Um, but I would she like inconvenienced an, everybody, but she didn't like fuck up any lives, you know? Um, well, she definitely behaved weirdly at the airport talking about how the plane was going to blow up and stuff, which we'll get to in a minute. But yeah, um, I, I just would. Can you give us an explanation for what you meant? Just when you said that motherfucker is not real among among the other things. Just what did you mean? Even if you don't stand by she, them. Yeah. And then she apologizes only for the profanity. It's like, no one cares yeah. about that, bitch. <laughs> that was not yeah. the issue. But here's a, a portion of her apology video. First and foremost, I want to take full accountability for my actions. They were completely unacceptable. My use of profanity was completely unnecessary. And I want to apologize to everyone on that plane. Well, it has been really comical for everyone. Um, and I have highly enjoyed so many of the memes. On the flip side, it is very invasive. I hope that you guys can accept my apology and I can begin to move on with my life. It doesn't look anything like her, by the way. That's my not favorite me. response is that Tiffany Gomez is not real. Has she, yeah, really. in fact, been taken over by the lizard people and she's now one of them? Bitch uh, is a real smoke show, though. <laughs> I'd fix her. <laughs> I would de-lizard her if she has been <laughs> lizardified. No, I would not. Just kidding. Um, did you see the... Uh, <laughs> Lauren Southern posted this thing. It just cracked me up. I'm sure this meme has been floating around, but I've never seen it before. There's this is the CIA uh, or the angle of the CIA <laughs> shooting. No pun intended. That video of Tiffany Gomez for uh, for release about her apology. I'm sure there probably are um, ma- pick mounts for cameras that you can get like this. I've never thought of this idea, but <laughs> I just the image had me Am laughing. I the only this person that feels so. for her. I, I like. I feel no, bad I, for her. I think that uh, I think she probably had a weird she did have some explanation about a dispute with her family over ear pods that caused the whole thing. I I have no doubt that uh, she had some kind of weird episode and uh, it is, you know, unfortunately thrust into the public eye for it. I can sympathize with that. I just wish she would just wish she would tell us a little bit more about what happened. I'm not even mad at her, but if you don't explain anything, it just it lends itself to more wondering and then there's actually the release of body cam footage as well. Ugh. And she, um, it's weird because there was reporting that she was trying to get back on the plane, but she's also yeah, telling airport. She tried to go back through security, but then she's like call, telling all these cops to fuck up and stuff. And telling them that that plane's going to blow up. So I don't really understand why she's trying to get off. Because she's uh, on drugs. It doesn't make uh, yeah, any I guess. sense. Like that plane's going to blow up, but I need to get back on that plane anyway. Here's some of it. Do not let that flight leave. Being dead serious. Do not let that flight leave. Y'all need to escort me out. Yeah. Just you had your own warning. So, keep walking. Oh, yeah. Until y'all see that flight blow up. Okay. Okay. She was well, worried the flight was going to blow up. 
She uh, she's launched a Twitter account and Instagram. She has her own website and um, she has a, a media inquiry contact form on her website. So I am going to see if we can talk to Tiffany Gomez for sure if she's doing the tour. But uh, I assume everyone's going to be hounding her. So we'll see if we can track Ambient it induced psychosis. Say it with me. Just want say the it truth. with me. She's like, well, what happened was I had some routine blood work and they told me I had HIV and I, I just lost it a little bit. That's all. I could believe it. This was back a thing I've ever heard in my life. I call my <laughs> uh, brother, tell him, and he just is laughing. He's just laughing so fucking hard. Good. He just can't breathe. He's like, no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I feel I then I don't. I feel less bad about my response because in my head I'm thinking like. All right, I want to be like, I don't want to be a dick about this, but this is not real, and I'm not going to entertain the possibility that it is because it's not. My poor husband. God. Yeah. All right. <sighs> uh, recall the story of oh, Sam. Oh, Bankman. wait, wait, wait. I, I forgot to say I didn't get vac- I didn't get vaccinated. Ah, why didn't I say that at the top of the show? Oh. I did not get vaccinated. This was not caused by a vaccine. Um, however, people that did get COVID have a much higher rate of false positives. Yeah, there's some relationship in that too. I saw. If you have okay. Rona, yeah. you might test positive for if HIV. You, if you have had Rona and you still have antibodies, the false positive rate is 1.8%. That's really weird. Okay. Well, uh, recall the story of Sam Bankman Freed, the former FTX crypto CEO who uh, took everyone's money or allegedly took everyone's money and invested it in his frumpy ex-girlfriend's company or through his frumpy ex-girlfriend's company and then couldn't give it back when everyone tried to get it. Well, why do I bring up his uh, frumpy ex-girlfriend, Caroline Ellison, Well, because she's relevant not only to the fraud, but now in getting Sam Bankman-Fried thrown in jail ahead of his trial for witness tampering. Bankman-Fried's bail was revoked this week because he is accused of leaking his ex-girlfriend's love letters or kind of portions of uh, communication between them and and pieces of her, I guess what you might call a diary, notes to herself about her own professional performance. Uh, Caroline Ellison has flipped to testify against Sam Bankman-Fried and um, and last month, the New York Times had this scoop uh, with all of these um, pieces of communication between Caroline Ellison and Sam Bankman Freed, this private communication in which Caroline is often worried about the conflict of interest between their romance and running the companies. Uh, she doubts her own abilities to lead the company effectively, things like that. Prosecutors were furious with the publication of this correspondence, which is not part of the government's discovery material, and their suspicion that Bankman Freed was behind the leak was confirmed when his lawyers confirmed that Sam met with one of the article's authors in person and shared documents that were not part of the case. Now, how is that witness tampering? Well, it would appear that he's trying to malign Caroline's credibility by revealing this private information. And the worry is that Sam could chill witnesses from testifying and taint the jury pool with this media campaign. So Bankman Freed was on house arrest. He's now in jail Mm. where he's expected to remain through his trial. His trial starts on October 4th. He faces an array of charges uh, related to one of the largest financial fraud cases in U.S. history and could spend the rest of his life in prison if convicted, though I'm sure we will see a lot of twists and turns in the story. Before that happens, uh, the um, the financial apocalypse for Budweiser and Anheuser Busch uh, over the Dylan Mulvaney transgender celebration can uh, that needs no reintroduction or additional explanation. But often numbers don't necessarily explain a story as well as an image does. Now you may be familiar with the annual Sturgis motorcycle rally in the Black Hills of South Dakota. 
The 2023 event was held this past week. It ends today. Budweiser has long been a major sponsor of the rally. In fact, the official malt beverage sponsor. And they have a large corner patio area in Sturgis where one would assume they have served lots and lots of beer in years past. Well, this week, several photos and videos emerged of what looks like an absolute ghost town. And I don't mean maybe a few oblivious boomers who didn't hear the story mingling about, or maybe a few opportunists over there taking advantage of what might be uh, a beer sale, I would assume, cheaper than other spots in town, maybe. I mean, literally nobody at this rather large Budweiser patio. And as you can see in the video, it's not like it was recorded at 6 a.m. or something. This is the middle of the day with the streets filled with people in the context of an event that attracts something like half a million people for the week. Here we are, Sturgis, Bud Lights at midweek. Any improvement? That's what we hope. Bolts of Honor is here. The Bud Lights at, we're hoping business picks up a little bit, but guys, midweek, oh my goodness. Wow. Sturgis is absolutely jam-packed. The Harley tent is packed. The BMW tent is packed, but Budweiser having a tough go. Having a tough go. Uh, not even charity was enough to bring people in. Every year, including this year, Budweiser has made donations for charities that raise money for the Black Hills area. In the video, you can see uh, Folds of Honor promotionals in the venue. Folds of Honor provides scholarships for the spouses and children of America's fallen or disabled military veterans, as well as injured uh, or killed first responders' families. I'm I'm sure uh, Folds of Honor is a fine charity. I wonder... Um, Someone who's in Sturgis could let me know. Has Folds of Honor always been a part of Budweiser's promotional or is Budweiser trying to do the old, come on, it's for the fallen vets bit. Maybe there's some of that going on too. Uh, but Newsweek inquired to see just how bad the boycott is by the numbers in Sturgis. A spokesman for the the rally said they could not comment without permission from the mayor and the city council who oversee the event. But at this point, I wonder why did you even bother showing up? Sturgis? Yeah. They, okay. Yep. I mean, come on. They, they, they seem to not know what's going on. Um, but that poor guy that had to work that. Ew, yeah, there were a couple guys there. And if you watch the full video, it seems like they have as good of an attitude as you could possibly have. Um, and I suppose they probably are getting paid regardless, uh, though I imagine their tips are down significantly. Uh, they're getting paid for today. Uh, as with any yeah. job at Anheuser-Busch right now, uh, for today is about as good as you're going to get. And I say that with full sympathy toward the average working man at, at these companies. I, I, I feel really bad for those guys who are having their hours cut or losing their jobs and all of this. At the same time, I do understand that our, our culture and corporate culture in particular has shifted so dramatically against the American people on so many issues. Uh, there, there does have to be some punishment for that. And yep. You know, it sucks if you're somebody who's working for Anheuser-Busch and you're facing the brunt of that. But I think long term, reducing the damage done by these companies is 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 of benefit. Easier, yeah. easier said than done when it's your job that's on the chopping block. I get it. Um, but, uh, man. I don't know uh, the, the what was uh, the biggest beer brand in the country continues its decline and uh who knows what they're going to do they're going to have to change something and or just completely kill 
that entire brand and start over. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, one quick note, um, because of course, like I, I should have foreseen this. Um, last week I posted a video about a very strange illegal Chinese bio lab operating near Fresno, California. It was doing among other things, coronavirus testing on mice. You know, this place manufactured, um, this place had uh, HIV in it and they were making among other things, pregnancy tests. So maybe that's how you got the HIV. Maybe it was an illegal Chinese bio lab pregnancy test. Dude, that would happen. It's God, possible. what are you trying to tell me? <laughs> Why do you do these things? But I don't know what to believe after what lesson to learn. This is somebody email me about this. Tell me what to believe. We need the uh, theological, scriptural wisdom of faith on why, what the divine plan is for blondes, false HIV diagnosis. You've got to learn something from these things in life. Don't uh, you? Yeah. I, th- I think this might've been a cruel lesson to chill out that that might've been. This is how God is trying to get me to chill out. Yes. That is so yes. fucking lame. That is huh. so lame. Who are you to I'm question pregnant. God's plan? That lab was never licensed for business in California. Its operation oh. remains mysterious. And um, the only people tied to it are Chinese nationals with fake addresses in the U.S. or unverifiable addresses in China. So nobody really even knows who the hell was working there. But of course, that's good enough information to get a pile of government money, according to reporting in the Epoch Times or Epic Times or however they say it. Uh, fine publication, nonetheless. This Chinese company that ran it received two PPP loans, as in COVID bailout forgivable ah. loans, $75,000 each. The company was originally Universal Meditech. And that was bought out by Prestige Biotech, which was running the operation at the time it was uncovered. Universal Meditech was also awarded a $360,000 tax credit in California, though the company failed to meet guidelines and never actually received those funds. So we still don't know exactly what was happening at this uh, at this lab. Investigators believe they were producing COVID and pregnancy test kits, among other products. But uh, I consider this yet another step toward the final conclusion. It wasn't just that COVID came from a lab. It wasn't just that your money went to the lab. It's that the virus was intentionally designed and released for the purpose of ripping you off and completely upending the political system. And you paid for all of it. It's like a, a murderer sending you the invoice for the knife before he stabs you. It's very disrespectful, completely unnecessary. But right. I think that's what happened here. And last thing before we get into the major news, we'll get to the FBI raid in just a moment, but uh, maybe it is finally all over and saner times will once again be upon us because even Zoom has had enough of this shit. Of course, Zoom is one of the major beneficiaries of several years of stay at home nonsense. Every meeting that would have happened at a coffee shop or maybe even in the office happened on Zoom instead The L.A. Times reports that all Zoom employees who live near a Zoom office location must now be on site at least two days a week. Not five, two days. Eh. Why? Because even at Zoom, um, their company leadership says that uh, having customer or having uh, employees in the office uh, puts the company in, quote, a better position to use our own technologies, continue to innovate and support our global customers. So you'd think if, if two days at the office does that much improvement, imagine what five days might do. But uh, I doubt we're ever going back to that in many professional contexts. Okay, 
Anything else before we get to the uh, the FBI raid story? Nope. Okay. Well, we still don't know a lot about what exactly happened between the FBI and Craig Robertson. He was a 75-year-old Provo, Utah man. And this happened in an early morning raid on his home that ended in Robertson's death by FBI gunfire. The incident is still under investigation. And of course, when the FBI investigates itself, it uh, always gets to the truth and holds the FBI accountable. So look forward to that. Craig Robertson was facing three federal charges after posting threats against Joe Biden, among other officials. Three charge, uh, Those charges, rather, are interstate threats, threats against the president, and influencing, impeding, and retaliating against federal law enforcement officers by threat. Now, the threats on which Craig Robertson, uh, on which Craig Robertson is accused include threats to kill Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg, uh, and, and, and others. Alvin Bragg, of course, being the man currently prosecuting Trump in the Stormy Daniels hush money case. And of course, Joe Biden visited the Salt Lake City area on the same day. So one would assume this raid had something to do with a belief either that Robertson was going to act on these posts or if you want to be cynical, maybe they saw an opportunity to arrest a MAGA extremist who was making threats so they can show that Biden can go into unfriendly territory in a red state and make sure that the MAGA extremists who live there are dealt with something like that. Yeah. But uh, we do have to look at what some of these posts are. And I want to be clear in presentation here. I'm not asking questions here to conceal or excuse the nature of these posts. I think these posts could uh, credibly be interpreted as threats. I think these posts are eyebrow raising. I think that an investigation into these posts makes sense. I could see a situation in which there is an arrest warrant for posts like this. But a no-knock raid clearly was going to result in a situation like this. It's the tactical decisions that I think uh, there are some questions to consider. But uh, but some of these posts, and there are many, uh, a sampling of, of Robertson's Facebook posts include, uh, quote, perhaps Utah will become famous this week as the place a sniper took out Biden, the Marxist. Quote, in my dream, I see Joe Biden's body in a dark corner of a D.C. parking garage with his head severed and lying in a huge puddle of blood. Hoorah! It's like, I swear I've heard quotes like this on the on a, on a certain stream. How is this different than what Kathy Griffin said? Well, yeah, and we'll get, did we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. But quote: I hear Biden is coming to Utah, digging out my old ghillie suit and cleaning the dust off the M twenty four sniper rifle. Welcome, buffoon in chief. Hey FBI, you still monitoring my social media? Checking so I can be sure to have a loaded gun handy in case you drop by again. This excludes the one about Alvin Bragg, which I'll get to in a minute. Uh, because I think that one in particular is probably worthy of uh, of some inquiry. But uh, Robertson also uh, is alleged to have said, quote, when was the last time an actor assassinated a president? Oh, wait, that was that was Johnny Depp. The FBI didn't care about that. Uh, Robertson posted, yes, I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the white house. Oh wait, that was Madonna and the FBI didn't care about that. Uh, you referenced it. Uh, Robertson is accused of posting a picture of himself with a fake bloody severed presidential head. Oh wait, that was carrot top or Kathy Griffin or whoever in the FBI didn't care. As I emphasized, are these, uh, are these posts good? 
No. Would it be reasonable to investigate these posts? I think so. Perhaps uh, charge or arrest. Um, I do think that there's some ambiguity to these posts that we've just gone through. The Alvin Bragg one sounds a little more direct to me, but these are questions about the tactics of uh, the arrest that were deployed. Less about the, the, the justification of legal intervention in general, more about the specific tactical choices exercised here. And uh, it's especially questionable when you consider Robertson's physical condition. So Robertson was, uh, was 75 years old, which raises questions about his capabilities in general, but he was also very overweight. He walked with a cane and in fact could hardly walk at all. Neighbors describe him as an elderly man who nobody would consider dangerous. And there's also the fact that Provo is 45 miles away from Salt Lake where Biden was appearing. So if the feds had eyes on Robertson, well, you could simply monitor him to make sure he doesn't move towards Salt Lake. And if he does, perhaps then you intervene. Yeah, that would probably be easier. One would assume. And maybe if you're trying to see the FBI's side of this, you think, well, yeah, but the FBI doesn't necessarily know. They just know that threats are being made and they know that Biden is coming in and they got to treat this seriously. Well, the problem is the FBI did know that. And by that, I mean Craig Robertson's general physical condition. The FBI knew exactly who they were dealing with because the FBI had a prior confrontation with Robertson. So according to the criminal complaint released through the Salt Lake Tribune, back in March, Craig Robertson posted. And and again, I think of all the posts I've seen, this is probably the one that I would consider the most serious threat because it's describing an action of what I'm going to do. He said, quote, heading to New York to fulfill my dream of eradicating another George Soros political hack DA. I will be waiting in the courthouse parking garage with my suppressed Smith and Wesson nine millimeter to smoke a fool prosecutor that should have never been elected. I want to stand over Bragg and put a nice hole in his forehead with my nine millimeter and watch him twitch as a drop of blood oozes from the hole as his life ebbs away to hell Bye-bye to another corrupt bastard. Okay. I mean, I'm an old man posting like it's, it's cracking me up. And I, I, I won't sugarcoat that. That is a <laughs> description of a specific action pledging to end the life of a public official. I get it. Uh, that post was on Truth Social. Truth Social alerted the FBI. And so the FBI back in March decided to uh, have a look at this. And so two FBI agents actually approached Craig Robertson outside of his home. And they asked to speak with him about this post. And Robertson responded, I said it was a dream. We're done here. Don't return without a warrant. Okay. Uh, So what does that show us? It shows us, number one, the FBI knew exactly who they were dealing with. Number two, there was already a confrontation that did not end automatically in violence. Mm -hmm. And one would assume that if the FBI agents had cause to arrest him at this particular incident or decided that they wanted to two guys could probably take this 75 year old overweight man with a cane. Yeah. I'm guessing that probably would have happened. Now, despite that prior nonviolent interaction, uh, the, uh, well, and of course, despite observing a man who the FBI agents themselves described as 70 to 75 years old and heavy set, and, uh, and and despite the fact that they probably could have arrested him if they wanted to at the time, or at least they could see that it wouldn't have been particularly challenging, 
Uh, they decided that Craig Robertson's home needed to be raided in the early morning hours. Now, according to witnesses, dozens of FBI agents in full combat kits, they had shields, they had rifles, they had armor, they had all of it. They approached the house with a tactical vehicle, they had that too, between 6 and 6.30 a.m. They used a megaphone to order Robertson out. Robertson apparently did not comply. And then they used a battering ram to try to break down his front door. And that was apparently unsuccessful. So then they broke through a window. Images of the scene show a a shattered and mangled window from the home exterior. Once agents uh, breached the home, witnesses say that's when the gunfire started. At some point, it is believed that at least one uh, flashbang was also deployed. There were about six gunshots. Then a witness says he heard agents yell, shots fired, shots fired. He has a gun and then many more shots. Uh, there were so many shots that witness uh, witnesses speaking with the, um, is it Deseret? Deseret News? I don't Deseret. know. Deseret? Yeah. Um, speaking with local media here, that there were so many shots, they don't know how many shots the FBI agents actually fired. Authorities have not yet confirmed whether Robertson had a weapon or whether he fired any shots, though... Uh, a, a, an anonymous law enforcement source, an anonymous Fed speaking with the New York Times says Robertson was armed at the time. And another anonymous Fed source speaking with NBC News says he at least pointed the gun uh, at agents. One neighbor did get video of the raid. It doesn't reveal much, but we can hear some shouting or some kind of verbal exchange and then see what appears to be a flashbang go off. Uh, but I'm not exactly sure what this explosion is. So that wasn't gunfire. It's some kind of explosive outside the home. Right. uh, Now, after the shooting, uh, it unfortunately gets even worse because um, witnesses report seeing agents carrying Robertson's body out half dressed and bloodied. They placed him on the sidewalk and rendered first aid. Witnesses say the body remained on the concrete for two hours as blood soaked. Uh, blood soaked through a white sheet paramedics had placed over him. So great. We got a dead body in the cul-de-sac as the kids go to school at about Mm -hmm. eight in the morning. Robertson's family posted a statement on Facebook on Thursday, which reads in part, quote, as an elderly and largely homebound man, there was very little uh, he being Craig could do, but exercise his first amendment right to free speech and voice his protest in what has become the public square of our age, the internet and social media. Though his statements were intemperate at times, he has never and would never commit any act of violence against another human being over a political or philosophical disagreement. Perhaps you think, well, uh, that's his family. Of course, they're going to sugarcoat it and present him as positively as they can. But there are similar statements from witnesses speaking with local media, uh, In this particular report, quote, neighbors who spoke with the Deseret News describe Robertson as a markedly different person than what he is uh, than what he was portrayed as online uh, online. Rather, one person called him a teddy bear known for his woodworking who would sit in the same street, uh, the same seat at church every Sunday. Another said he was barely mobile, weighed nearly 300 pounds and was unable to walk without a cane. He would drive to church 
despite it only being about 200 yards from his home because he had so much trouble moving around. Okay. Uh, well, as I mentioned, we were able to speak with a personal friend of Craig's this week. His name is Tim Rich. So, Blonde, unless you have anything else you want to add for the moment, we can hop right into that interview. Nope, we should do that. Okay. Well, as I mentioned, uh, Craig uh, has, has known uh, Tim for some time. Uh, Tim has known Craig for some time. You get what I mean. But uh, they were personal friends. They went to the uh, the same church, and he offers some insight into what he believes happened. Interviews about 18 minutes. See you on the other side. Welcome back. We are pleased to host our guest for the evening. Tim Rich is a personal friend of Craig Robertson, the man killed by the FBI in Provo, Utah, during an early morning raid on Wednesday. Tim, thank you for making time for us. And uh, of course, we wish it was under better circumstances. Same. Uh, Thanks for allowing me to come and tell a story. Of course. If you could uh, just describe your friendship or your relationship with Craig and tell us what kind of man he was. Uh, yeah, so uh, we met through church, uh, living in Provo, Utah, and I moved in to that congregation. And we refer to it as Ward, probably just around the same time as Craig, and had always been around him. He and I uh, at times had uh, adjacent responsibilities. Uh, I was working to schedule appointments and. He was uh, a financial clerk, so we were sitting together in the office plenty of times. We'd sit next together in Sunday school, and uh, in being around him, I found him to be a very likable fellow, and uh, we expressed our interests. Uh, We shared similar hobbies with woodwork, and uh, as I was growing in my interest for uh, firearms and Second Amendment-related activities, he was very helpful uh, in helping me to feel comfortable with that because I, I grew up in a home without. And uh, having people who are responsible and conscientious is very uh, useful uh, when doing that. So uh, we had met during church and sat together. I always enjoyed talking with him. Uh, he would pull out his phone every couple weeks or so and show me wood projects that he had worked on. Uh, maybe a recent build on his AR and uh, would also show me uh, my kids, the woodwork that he was uh, doing. I went over to his house a couple times. Um, one time in particular was to help him build out a room in his basement and help ran some electrical wire before the inspector showed up for lighting and showed me around his wood shop as well, which is out back of his house. Uh, went over to use it one time, actually, on Christmas Eve. I called him up and I was like, Craig, I, uh, I've i got a, a project for my wife's Christmas gift. You can tell how great a planner I am. And I know the tool set you've got. Uh, 
can I come over and get this done a lot quicker? And he was like, sure, no problem. And came out and sat with me in the shop for a couple hours. We talked while I finished up the project. Uh, I moved away from that home last year. And when I left, had some wood in my garage, brought it over to him, said, hey, I know this will be in good hands with you. And uh, saw him a couple times since then because we loved that congregation. So we'd go down and visit picture I actually sent you uh, of the ramp uh, being built for a an elder lady in our ward, in our congregation, was organized by him. And something that I happened to just be visiting and showed up helped out for a little bit. I wasn't in, in the picture with them, but uh, a friend reminded me of that. And I think it really captures very well the guy who I'd sit next to in Sunday school would tell a joke, make you chuckle, be looking out for others, and uh, was always ready to help and use his woodworking skills, especially to help lift others. We're, of course, aware of the allegations of what he posted online, and now the reporting is, at least according to law enforcement sources speaking with the New York Times, that upon this raid, Craig pointed a gun at the agent's. Um, what's your sense of the posts and do you believe the story that he pointed a gun at the agents? Uh, so first my sense of the posts, I had been friends with him on Facebook and I had seen his posts and I regarded them as someone voicing frustration, ranting, maybe with graveyard humor and uh, mixed you in think there that they were somewhat satirical uh in the fact that he was a veteran and i know that military people are often prone to graveyard humor to kind of deal with the hard things that they have to face mm-hmm. i i can imagine just knowing all of the other times that i was around him with how he would tell a joke to chuckle and i know that his circle of friends on facebook was very small it's not hard for me to imagine that was a little bit of graveyard humor to help as a coping mechanism as he watched what he felt is kind of the degradation of our country. So talk about it in a way that gets people to laugh, you know, other military folk, I'm assuming, and help relieve some of that stress that they're feeling. But because of all of my other interactions with him, I dismissed it as simple ranting and venting online, not something that I could ever imagine him having any intent to carry out. So yeah, I saw them. I'd say it wasn't something I would ever post and irresponsible, but that's the difficulty with social medias. When you read text, we we lose context, we lose tone. I'm not going to excuse those, but I try to make sense of them in the fuller context of which I knew him. And it just led me to dismiss those. I was usually, if anything, paying attention for his woodworking projects and and letting him know I thought those were awesome with the thumbs up here and there. Uh, in regard to your question, though, about uh, him pointing a gun, uh, I don't know. Uh, I already submitted a FOIA to the FBI for an incident report so I could understand what took place knowing 
And what he's long voiced about his concern that our government is growing to be in overreach and reading through the felony complaint that was filed on August 8th. And I, and knowing him as a, as someone who understands the fact that the second amendment is, was enacted by a people who were dealing with a tyrannical government. Mm -hmm. I know that he had great concern for that. He's someone who had a defensive mindset and he's, I can only imagine me now having a defensive mindset as well, having my door bashed in, a flashbang chucked into my house. I've got kids, but even still, it's like for protecting myself, I can easily imagine grabbing a firearm because I just got woken up because somebody was blowing stuff up inside my house. Oh, totally. Yeah. So you had mentioned he had a, a police confrontation at church or police had confronted him prior. Is that correct? Or you tell me, you had mentioned it would have been easily possible for them to, yeah. to handle this uh, arrest or this confrontation in a different way than like a, a, you know, an early morning raid. Yeah. So the, uh, after the events unfolded on Wednesday, I was searching around to try and get whatever information I could and saw that, um, the Salt Lake Tribune had linked to a felony complaint and uh, citing their reasons that they were saying we should be able to go and, and serve a warrant. And in that felony complaint, it detailed very carefully uh, and knowing the layout of the area, I knew what they were referring to because they said March 19th, and that's a Sunday. And they talked about an unidentified male coming out, getting into the vehicle. That would have been his approximately 50-year-old son, Sean, who is partially blind, maybe almost completely blind, who he's the primary caregiver for, going out and getting in the truck. And him going out and getting in the truck, them driving over. And then the report says the agents waited two hours. The unidentified male, two came out, and that was detailing Sean, who walked home. And I thought that was interesting because I actually had always supposed that Craig drove from his cul-de-sac across the street into the parking lot of our church. So we're talking not even a half a block. Mm -hmm. I thought he always did that for his son, Sean, because he was partially blind. But in the report, it detailed how Sean walked home. And I know, and then they said that one hour later, an unidentified male one, who they later identify in the report as Craig Robertson, and came out with another person. And I know it was, from my experience, I know that he was coming out with another financial clerk. They said he got in his vehicle, left, and I can imagine they were dropping off the financial donations uh, at the bank, coming back. And then he dropped off the other male, was out of his car for a little bit. And that's when the uh, FBI agents approached him. They said how they said, Mr. Robertson, he turned around. They identified themselves to him. I'm federal agent so-and-so. This is federal agent so-and-so. Mm -hmm. And we noticed these things that you said online. And he dismissed it saying, I said that was a dream. Come back when you've got a warrant effectively. Hmm. And to me, that's someone who understands their rights. Mm -hmm. You know, some law enforcement officer is coming up to talk to you about something that you said. And 
if you feel that you haven't violated any laws, and if they want to talk with you further, it's not unreasonable to me to say, come back with a warrant. And that's where they detail that he got into his truck and drove home. Yeah, I noticed and no that, gun pointing in that scenario, it sounds like a key distinction. Yeah, yeah. And, okay. and that's the interesting bit as well, because, you know, they talked about how I, I think there was concern for threat to FBI personnel, but even after identifying, he wasn't hostile. Hmm. And then he drove home. So there's another important point about him driving home is it illustrates his mobility. Um, yeah. He's, I'm doing rough estimates and I'm not the best at this, but it's like, I know he was shorter than me and I'm 5'10". And so he's probably around 5'6 or so and north of 250 pounds, maybe up to 300. Walked with a cane that he made and carved himself and drove a half block home to church. So it really speaks to his level of mobility. He needed that cane to help stand up. I remember plenty of times because he's a friend of mine at church, putting out my hand and helping him to get up off the chair in Sunday school or off the pews and after sacrament. And so I, I can't imagine how those agents having spoken with him face to face and witnessing his mobility deemed this man any sort of significant or even credible threat. Was it, and to, it was only him and his, and his son in the household or was anybody else in there who conceivably could have been threatening for some other reason? Uh, last I knew he had a tiny little dog, but okay. well, we know how they feel about dogs, so that must have been it. <laughs> um, but his, his son, Sean, wasn't there at the time of the raid. Uh, his son okay. uh, suffered a stroke two weeks ago, went to the hospital and is currently in the care center from yeah. what I've been told from okay. uh, my friends and neighbors down there. So I'm I'm of the opinion that he was alone in the house uh, when they conducted the raid. Now, I try to assume the best of intent, and I have to extend a little grace, imagining, and I hope, I hope that there was a calculus, a terrible calculus of, you know, risk to life that they were weighing. You know, do we take him in his home if we allow him to come out on this day and we address him? Is there a shootout that puts neighbors at more risk because it's not contained within his own home? But we know bullets can pass through walls. But, you know, minimizing if we allow him to get into his vehicle and he starts headed the 45 miles north to where the president is coming in. Do we have a car chase and or a shootout? I just. To me, all those things, it's like, you saw what mobility this man had. I can't imagine that it couldn't have been resolved otherwise. The ideas can be readily separated. That is to say, you, you can take issue with the posts uh, and say, this looks like yep. something that might be worthy of an investigation, perhaps worthy of an arrest warrant and an arrest. Um, you can grant that premise and still take issue with the tactical decisions that were made yep. in how right. to do the arrest. And based on everything you're saying, and by the way, you're not the only one saying it. I was reading some other um, testimony from other witnesses, neighbors, friends. They are all saying the same sorts of things that you are saying. We're very surprised to see this. Not the kind of guy we knew. Uh, yeah. Very shocking situation that nobody saw coming. The way he's being yeah. portrayed in the media is that he was just waving his gun around and that he was specifically threatening Biden. Um, 
I, this seems like it's it's obviously an unfair characterization. Yeah, and that's definitely why I wanted to come on because a lot of things popping up real quick were just single faceted. Crazy person threatens Biden online, has guns. Yeah. FBI took him down. That mm-hmm. is not who Craig Robertson was. Well, that's our guest, Tim Rich. Uh, Tim, is there anywhere you'd like to direct listeners either to your personal social media or to other information you think is is accurately presented on this story? Anywhere you'd like to send people? Um, I don't I don't have anywhere to send people. Um the Wise only man. the only part Wise. of <laughs> off the internet. <laughs> yeah. It's all right, they'll find me. I yeah. I I am public because there are a lot of thoughts that I like to share. And Mm -hmm. the one thing that I think Craig would really like, uh, hopefully, to come from this is that people have a greater respect for the freedoms that we are allowing to be chiseled away. And what we've done is created a government that is grown too far and is continuing to grow too far to encroach on our freedoms. And I just read um, something else from an eyewitness report that he yelled, I've broken no federal laws when they were busting through his doors. And I can just imagine someone who was feeling completely vindicated in the fact that he felt his government had overreached. And here's a man who said words, unwise words, I might, or, you know, yeah, unwise words, I would say, but that was not a reason for him to die. And we are pushing ourselves into dangerous territory when we equate the words people say with active physical intent that needs to be subjugated with deadly force. Wise words. Well, thanks for making time for us. And of course, for your information on the story, we certainly send our condolences about the circumstances as well. Thank you. Thanks again to our guest, Tim Rich. We appreciate his time and his insight on the story. And we send our congratulations to his growing family as well. Fifth baby due any day now. So we hope for health and happiness for them, of course. But uh, we are uh, definitely overdue to take a break to check in with the audience and Super Chat. So let's hop right into it. I have uh, several on Rumble. So let's get to at least a few of those. We'll get to YouTube and Tippy as well. Yakko 1977 says, sadly, there are uh, there are those attributing the tragic fire in Maui to global warming. Strange how those with an agenda will always misspell arson (laughs) or or there's the space laser theory. Who freaking knows these days? You got a favorite? Why can't I hear you? Your mic is your mic is still muted. What did you say? (laughs) I'm saying of the Maui theories. What's your favorite? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I haven't been deep into the conspiracy theories, but I do think that that the government is conducting some level of arson. Hmm. Well, there were suspicions. Remember the Oregon ones a few years ago 
uh, that it looked like, at least in cases, there was evidence of people uh, using some matches or other things. <laughs> anyway, yep. um, Raymond Donovan is gay. Raymond and his homo... His homo jogger lover almost gave blonde AIDS. It's a good call that you are both skipping his wedding. I wish you both good health in all seriousness. Well, thank you. And to you as well, Raymond, you know, we were just talking about this. This is two weeks in a row that we have good, wholesome Christian people on the show. And then they, they, I have AIDS. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Congratulations to this lovely growing Family of faith. Now let's get to the, uh, let's see what we can get away with in the chat without uh, YouTube banning us. Your friendly neighborhood fed. My hockey team won uh, our championship game tonight and I scored another winning goal with this, my promotion uh, and my coming son. I hereby declare white boy summer. PS. I concede women's (laughs) soccer is gayer than hockey. Well, he, uh, he also says Matt and I once made love. Once I tied him up, I whipped him for each of his bad movie reviews. Seriously, Matt, your Raiders review was one wiki away from me placing a strategic ATF call. I okay. Ooh. Are we gonna do this bit where like we're gonna do the Groundhog Day? Fed, thing? fed, 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 fed. Did you sync that three. up in the uh, in the intro? In the <laughs> it I was put it so in, good. I put it in there, and then I, I had to add a few in. But I remember with that Baba O'Reilly mix, it's like. Ted's cadence with Fed is almost perfectly timed with the tempo yeah. of the song. Okay. So it does make it fun. Thank you for noticing. This is the details that come. really good. Right after LaDonna, you know, can't exclude her. Uh, a couple more on Rumble here. Uh, Nia. Oh my God. How do I even say this? Neo Necropolis 666. Oh, I'm going with trap. that. Okay. Man. I'm sorry. I'm sure it's probably something else. Howdy. Folds of Honor was tied to Budweiser when I had stopped working for Anheuser-Busch back in 2013. So they've been associated with them for a while. Okay. Thank you for clarifying. So that would at least let us know that this was not like some desperation move in the moment. That's a pre-existing relationship. Thanks for supporting the show. Glad to hear your healthy blonde says addicted to drums. Thank you kindly for supporting the show as well. Uh, Pepsidal. Found a workaround to listen to the call-in show later. If you leave the rumble window up, it will play up to two days later as if it was live. I will not allow this hack. I'm going to crack down. It's uh, it's all over for you. Thank you for supporting the show. Laughing Boy. Well, lessons learned. Don't trust doctors with Chinese tests. Don't trust the feds to calmly discuss differences of opinion. Yeah, uh, that's, uh, well... We've we've spoken enough about that particular difference of opinion, and uh, I'll leave it at that. But uh, Auto Rocks over on D Live, thank you. Let's catch in. Let's catch up with a few on uh, YouTube and Tippy as well before we get into the Hunter Biden special counsel news. Sure, John Halt says part one of two. Blonde has gotten some red pill MGTOW facts wrong. There's a seminal introductory video on uh, MGTOW on the Sandman channel. Is he still around? Uh, Paul I don't know Elam is. is a seminal figure. In the creation of MGTOW, Pearl interviews him, but then it's a bunch of URLs that I'm not going to read. So if you want those URLs, they are in the super chat. Thank you. And I don't know what I, I was wrong about, so I can't even defend myself. So. Yeah, if you want to, uh, John, if you thanks for supporting the show. And if you want to clarify, um, of course, you can send us an email question for Wednesday. We could uh, address it there. But I'd be curious what points are disputed. Um, I have my own points of dispute with MGTOW, but... In the interest of time, I will uh, save it for that particular area of discussion if it comes up. I know the answer to this because I just Googled it. Danny from Montana. Guys, I need your help. I'm in the cash cab. The question for $500 is what is a dinosaur? 
500 teeth, Google that shit and help a fellow white man out going to be proposing to my girlfriend in a few weeks with hopefully more big news to come. Cheers. Well, congratulations. congratulations. And I, I saw this chat before live too, because I loaded up the system and this one was in there before we went live. So I looked it up and I will just let Google do the pronunciation. Nigersaurus. It, that's how you say the dinosaur with 500 teeth. Nigersaurus. It's a lot of teeth. It's only one G and it's soft. So I think that's fine. Okay. Nigersaurus. Although I was unaware and I am a, uh, I'm a person of paleontological interested in paleontology. That's the sort of person I was as a young man. Thanks to Jurassic Park. But I did not know about. Nigersaurus. That's news to me. Mint 20. Hello, all. Thanks for being entertaining here. While I'm bedridden from blood clots, the vaccine is totally safe and effective. Guys, learn from my mistakes. Everyone. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, he also said, I know it's my fault for being retarded. Just hope that I can persuade others to spare themselves this monstrosity by sharing what happened to me. Why are you getting the vaccine so late in the game? Yeah, I would assume he got it recently if he's having these symptoms. I don't know, though. Maybe not. Maybe he's been dealing with it for a year. Yeah, who knows? I mean, maybe he was he there, who knows what some people were just tricked. Some people had coercion, coercive efforts placed against them. There were all kinds of reasons. I um, sorry that's going on, but thank you for uh, for sharing your story. And if there are specifics that you're inclined to share, go ahead and email them to me. Although, of course, I, I understand and respect medical privacy on that, too, if you'd rather not talk about the details. But uh, I, I, I'm interested to hear what's going on if you if you'd like to share. Thanks for supporting the I show. Bot PN, no note. Thank you, sir. Thank you, um, Boogeyman nine one seven. I am not going to be niggardly. <laughs> I doubt uh, it. He says, "All right, thank you." Boogeyman. Knuckle hunky buck. Congratulations, blonde. That life didn't give her Don Lemon. I know. He also said the only That's real right. risk factor you have for AIDS is that your husband has slept with a woman of questionable moral character. Luckily, the woman of questionable moral character is you. <laughs> uh that's right one of knuckle hunky buck's finest when life gives you don lemon give lemon lemonade aids I, th- yeah. I probably botched it but it was something like that can you imagine if like you didn't trust your spouse or it's just it's just could, could have caused so many more problems than it did uh nicholas h well blonde is not a homosexual african-american so yes i i uh also was thinking that injured guardian we need to normalize the phrase. He's too stupid for normal commerce. <laughs> I have to use it a lot at the thrift store that I own and help run. And before it's all free, 96% of my wares are bought at auctions. Hmm. Well, I uh, think it's all free. Wait, what's all free? Oh, because before, are we talking about the theft issue here? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I just, I hope you have a stick the same size as those uh, 7-Eleven workers. The chic stick. Yeah, the chic stick. Or seek. I thought it was seek. Or is it? She- I don't know. Seek. Seek. I don't know. Um, Raja Muhan. It is seek. Is How many around? times Can did I say? Clarify. Sheik. I don't know. Um, you're a A sheik is like a king. No, I don't know. I thought the I thought the Sikhs were like the Indian, not Muslim guys who wear turbans. A Sikh is a, a. I am so stupid. Okay, this pregnancy brain. I I knew this. A Sikh is this is what you just mentioned. A yeah. Sheikh is is a, is an Arab tribe. Oh, I thought those were sheikhs. Is that how you say it? I don't know. Wow, we are uh, both too dumb. Don't lump me into this AIDS lady. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right. I'm like not quite at the point of finding this funny, but I'll. I think <sighs> you're gonna have to find a way. I know. Um, Oil King. For Hi, the- Chief of Police. 
for the record and not finding it funny. I said I would defer to your decision about whether you wanted to discuss it or not. So I did I not. Thought, uh, I thought like emotionally. Yeah. It might be good for me. I, I'm not I'm not joking. It was a really, really awful week. No exaggeration. I was suicidal. I was like, what am I going to do about it? I'm just going to give my baby HIV. And then I was like, well, well, if I kill myself and I'm pregnant, I'm definitely going to go to hell. I don't want to go down that path. But there was a part of me that wondered in the point zero 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 one percent chance that this is real. How will blonde handle her presence on the Internet? Will she just disappear? Will she? And and if she does, what would I do? That's what you thought about this? No, I would just have to be honest with people. Like I have HIV of unknown origin. I have no idea how I got it. Hmm. Um. But everyone would speculate. They'd say really unknown origin. Well, yeah. And as they should. I mean, I don't think that anybody actually has HIV of unknown origin. It's got to be very, very rare. I'm sure it maybe exists in some cases, but very rare. Um, Oil King. Hi, Chief Police. I'm a YouTuber. Chief. Oh, what do you do on your channel, Matt? I just talk about the news and get on my knees and read Super Chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tooted. No skipping on Beep Boop. I read (laughs) Super Chat, buddy. Thank you. I dare you, fucking bitch. That's how I treat the cops. No, uh, well, no, I, um, I have to have conversations with law enforcement that are some somewhat similar, like those sort of anti um, anti swatting conversations. If someone calls yeah. you about a hostage situation at this address, it's probably not real. But if the yeah. FBI shows up, it probably is real, and there's nothing you can do about it. But thank you yeah. for your help. Yeah. yeah. I renick tone. I resonate with blonde. I developed health anxiety after my first child and went to the doctor for any random pain. Check out this book for anxiety by a Christian philosopher called finding quiet by JP Moreland. God bless. I've already put it in my Amazon cart. Thank you very much. Mm. I will read it when I'm in Japan. Thank Ninja you. Guardian. We need a shut up Neil t-shirt. You keep censoring my chats. I found blonde in a meme in meme form yesterday. It shows the Terminator holding his hand out and saying, be more racist if you want. <laughs> Uh, we do need a, a merch shop uh, update, uh, and we need to get Neil merch in there. There's no doubt. And uh, I know I've been saying that for a little while now, and uh, it's been on my stack of to do for a, uh, my stack of to do items for a bit. Um, but there are important to dos. There are important to dos, and that's going to change soon. So I'm thinking like next month, maybe I can get more serious about this. But thank you for your patience in the meantime. And I'm hoping what we can do is maybe offer some graphic design opportunities to graphic designers in the audience to That'd minimize awesome. work on on my part and our part. And of course, I would extend a commission share to uh, to graphic designers who have designs that sell. I'm not asking for free labor. So uh, that might be an opportunity for audience involvement, too. Das Pooch had an STD scare in the 90s, her fault, cheating bitch. And the results took a week. As a fellow neurotic worrier, I greatly sympathize. Glad you're okay and feeling better. P.S. You're still a smoke show. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. I mean, in many ways, it would have been worse if this was like a false positive chlamydia test because that's so much more feasible, you know? And I would have just thought that my husband was cheating on me. So, man, well, I'm glad you didn't have an STD. Some random. A while back, you lamented the availability of Mattis.gay. Turns out an Arab was reselling it on a German reseller. Oh, now no. I own it. Check it out. I can fill it with AI-generated map porn. You own Mattis.gay? Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. You're going to have to. Okay. Car- carry on. He has another chat here. He did it. Just he did it. it. The son of a bitch did it. Yeah, listen. I'd rather just donate it to the show 
your URL is too long. This is good backdoor for your audience, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so we could we could have Matt is gay. No, no. Matt is dot gay. I dare you fucking gay. bitch. Go into your browser right now. Type in Matt is dot gay. Everyone do it. Some rando you're doing. Oh, my gosh. You're it doing goes the right Lord's to work. Matt Christian Look at that. You know, I tried to get Matt Christensen.com back in the day and some son of a bitch had it. So I had to go with Matt Christensen and I should have just simplified. Thank you. Now it's Matt is dot K. I'm going to brand all of my online presence with this. Thank you. <sighs> Circle back. <sighs> well, yeah, we should end there. Oh, my God. I, I can't believe it actually happened. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. Thank you for your support for the show. Uh, back into the news. Uh, in a surprise move on Friday, Attorney General Merrick Garland called a press conference to announce that he's appointing David Weiss, the same U.S. attorney for Delaware who's been investigating Hunter Biden as special counsel in the same investigation. So what exactly does this do or change? Well... Technically speaking, a special counsel is more independent from the day-to-day operations of the Justice Department, though he does still report to the Attorney General. Uh, In the event that the Attorney General rejects a move by the special counsel, uh, or a move that the special counsel wants to make, the Attorney General must notify Congress about that disagreement at the end of the investigation, so there's a little bit more transparency there. Special counsels also submit a detailed report at the end of their investigations, as Robert Mueller did with Russiagate. We also saw the, uh, uh, who was the guy who was on the, um, on the, on the uh, crossfire hurricane report, special counsel Durham, right? We got the report from Durham too, the Durham report. Uh, so, um, and special counsels get a budget as well. They can hire a staff of lawyers from both inside and outside the DOJ. Special counsels may also have broader jurisdiction than just one federal district, which, was a conflict in the initial Hunter investigation, according to the IRS whistleblowers, who said David Weiss wanted to bring charges in D.C. and California, but was blocked by U.S. attorneys there. That's a claim that David Weiss himself denies, but there's been ongoing dispute about that. So it seems very odd to odd timing, at least to make this move some four or five years into the investigation into Hunter Biden. And just after this plea deal to settle the matter was... Uh, already established and then scrapped just a few weeks ago. But according to Merrick Garland on Friday, this move was made just because David Weiss asked him for special counsel status on Tuesday. And so honorable by the book rule of law, Merrick Garland committed to giving Weiss whatever resources he needs. He agreed and he made the move. Here's what Merrick Garland had to say. I'm here today to announce the appointment of David Weiss as a special counsel. Beginning in 2019, Mr. Weiss, in his capacity as U.S. attorney, began investigating allegations of certain criminal conduct by, among others, Robert Hunter Biden. On Tuesday of this week, Mr. Weiss advised me that in his judgment, his investigation had reached a stage at which he should continue his work as a special counsel. I have concluded that it is in the public interest to appoint him as special counsel. This appointment confirms my commitment to provide Mr. Weiss all the resources he requests. It also reaffirms that Mr. Weiss has the authority he needs to conduct a thorough investigation and to continue to take the steps he deems appropriate independently, based only on the facts and the law. Thank you. 
If you Mr. as the Weiss had the authorities what he needed, would there why does he need to be a special counsel? Do you still have faith in U.S. Attorney Weiss after the deal fell apart? No questions, please. Yeah. He just That's walked awesome. out. Now, uh, even though that, uh, of course, that reporter is asking the most pertinent question, really everyone's asking, if David Weiss had the full authority to do whatever he wanted, as Merrick Garland has been saying, and David Weiss has been saying, uh, and that they've claimed in contradiction to the IRS whistleblowers who we've previously discussed, well, then why is this move to expand Weiss's power necessary? I guess if I'm steel manning Merrick Garland, he'd say, you know, David Weiss just never discussed it. Uh, okay. <laughs> he, he, he never yeah. brought it up. In these four or five years, it just uh, has not come up until now. So a couple theories as to why this is happening. Now, you could take this at face value. You could take the Merrick Garland case that was just presented. David Weiss asked this week. Garland granted. Perhaps David Weiss has some sort of new evidence or there's been some sort of development in the investigation that would necessitate this move. Um, and, And perhaps because of all that, it's just the scope of the Hunter Biden investigation has expanded. Uh, but based on whether the, the well, not but yet this, I guess this this fact would support the face value theory here. But we know the plea deal fell apart uh, a yeah. couple of weeks ago. And when the plea deal fell apart, it was about the nature of Hunter's protection from future prosecution. We know the feds are looking at whether Hunter violated the Foreign Agent Registration Act, as in being a, a, a lobbyist for foreign countries without properly registering or being an agent of foreign countries. So if the, if the scope of the investigation is expanding, though, or new evidence is emerging, the question then follows, well, why was the Justice Department prepared to settle with Hunter for two misdemeanors and no jail time? What was that about? If there's all this new evidence emerging simultaneously. And if David Weiss oversaw that debacle, the debacle being the plea deal that fell apart because of a judge's scrutiny, well, why should he be trusted to handle an expanding investigation? So the face value interpretation has many saying this case is is headed to trial, actually. It shows that the DOJ and Hunter's lawyers can't agree on a plea deal. After the last one fell apart, the inquiry into Hunter is expanding and it's not going away. And so it's more likely now that Hunter will face trial, possibly even during a presidential campaign. That's uh, what we're supposed to believe, at least. You can count me as uh, strongly skeptical that the DOJ is actually moving with increased aggression to get Joe Biden's son and by extension, Joe Biden himself in uh, in an approaching election year. I would say uh, I, I, I think the points of the cynics are, are pretty persuasive. Uh, and the idea, the cynical idea is that this is actually a move to protect the Bidens. Uh, Jonathan Turley notes Uh, Of course, the congressional investigation into Biden family corruption is advancing as well. We know that the House is expected or was expected to call David Weiss to testify soon to really get him to explain on the record. What's the deal with these IRS whistleblowers? What's the nature of the uh, contradiction or dispute between their case and your case? What's the real truth here? We he was supposed to come speak to all of that. Well, um. Now, with Weiss as special counsel, it's likely that any effort to get him to testify before Congress could be delayed. Or if he does go in, you're going to get a lot of non-answers, a lot of iterations of of him saying, I can't answer. There's an ongoing investigation or I can't even show up. There's an ongoing investigation. 
If the investigation is ongoing, guess what? Hunter's trial is TBD. If the investigation is ongoing, guess what? Weiss's testimony is TBD. So why bring a special counsel who's the same guy who's taken four plus years to do this investigation? Well, because it's a good way to buy the year or so that you need to push past the election year next year. You also potentially get the benefit of running out the clock on the statute of limitations for whatever Hunter charges may remain. Um, they already, they being David Weiss and company, already slow rolled uh, the tax charges for Hunter Biden. So delay tactic to me is the only way in which this move makes sense. Delay is all David Weiss has really achieved so far. It seems to be the role that he plays. Um, and this this guy, this same guy, David Weiss, just got caught going along with an insanely weak plea deal thwarted only by the judge's scrutiny. The judge being like, hey, what the hell is this? And why'd you try to hide it yeah. deep in this language where it doesn't belong? Why would I believe that Weiss is suddenly going to become uh, thorough and aggressive in throwing the book at Hunter? I don't believe that he is. And one other detail to add. I'm not uh, an expert on how all of this works, so I would consult your uh, your favorite lawyer with expertise on the topic, but many are making this point, And as cited in the regulations, it seems to be true um, that uh, this appears to violate special counsel rules about the special counsel coming from outside the government. There's a citation to the, uh, the regs in question here. And it says the special counsel shall be selected from outside the U S government. And of course, David Weiss is not, he's currently the U uh, S attorney for Delaware and he will remain in that role as U S attorney for Delaware. And the last point that I'll add, um, appointing Weiss as special counsel is a great political talking point for the president's campaign going into the election year. Well, David Weiss, he's a Trump appointee, as though it isn't Merrick, Garden, uh, Merrick Garland running the show right. by law and in practice, as, as has already been the case. But what do you mean they're going easy on Hunter? Don't you know there's an entire special counsel investigation? See, it's just like they're treating Trump. There's a special counsel investigation by a guy that Trump picked, overseen by Merrick Garland. Uh, but I just, uh, that's the only way this move makes sense to me. Another way to run out some clock and, and point at David Weiss as though he is somehow the biggest MAGA extremist superfan that exists he might be the biggest MAGA extremist super fan in the Justice Department, actually. <laughs> he might, he might <laughs> yeah, be. I imagine not there, lying. Yeah. I imagine there aren't uh, uh, many of those. But um, Nobody's buying this, though. But yeah, I mean, I, I can't. I've, I've seen people I respect saying both sides of this. People articulating the side that I just went through, which is one of skepticism and saying there's no way that they're actually trying to get more aggressive on Hunter. Come on, what are we talking about here? And then there are people I've seen saying, Wow, guess they are getting serious on Hunter. Maybe we actually will see the trial. Maybe uh, all of this is about to break open. Count me with the skeptics until proven otherwise. But um, I will say this. Is, I was shocked when the initial plea deal itself fell apart. When Hunter Biden walked out of that courtroom without, uh, without his precious two misdemeanor deal and with uh, ongoing investigation still possible, indeed cited by prosecutors. Um, yeah, I... That was surprising to me. So this has already gone further than I expected. So I might be totally wrong and maybe my skepticism is misplaced. Any other thoughts? I'll reduce our expectations. Well, all things, really. Everybody just reduce your expectations for life. uh, What the government can accomplish for enacting justice, for government competence, just all things. Yeah. Federal faith. 
federal government integrity is a great place to place your uh, skepticism by default. For sure. Uh, there are also updates in the uh, the Trump special counsel investigation. So recall when last we spoke about the January 6th charges last weekend, very fair, impartial, totally randomly selected, but also toughest on January 6th defendants. Judge Tanya Chutkin made her decision on Jack Smith's request, um, or we had discussed that there was this um, protective order requested by Jack Smith's team. And she made her decision this week on Jack Smith's request for a protective order, banning Trump from talking publicly about evidence and witnesses in the case. At a Friday hearing, Judge Chutkin said Trump's rights as a criminal defendant will be protected, but his First Amendment free speech rights are not absolute in this context. The judge said, quote, in a criminal case such as this one, the defendant's speech is subject to the rules. She did issue a limited protective order barring Trump from publicly disclosing sensitive information in the case. The order defines sensitive information as subpoenaed information and witness testimony, transcripts and recordings of witness interviews, evidence obtained through court-approved searches, and sealed orders related to the investigation. So Trump, as of now, can't go on Truth Social and say, witness so-and-so is a total piece of shit, as far as I understand this, or wow, that moron said X about me, Mm -hmm. something like that. The judge did uh, imply that maybe this order would go beyond just those specific rules, though, because she said uh, to Trump's lawyers, Trump was not there, but Trump's lawyers were, that if Trump continues to make inflammatory statements, just in general, quote unquote, inflammatory statements, she would move toward a trial sooner to preserve a fair jury, which I find to be a hilarious uh, idea, not in concept or in principle, but this lady's reasoning being, Man, if Trump posts one more inflammatory truth social post, he won't be able to get a fair jury in Washington, D.C. If they see just one more, one more mean tweet, they'll be like, you know what? Fuck that guy. I was open to him before, (laughs) but now. I mean, on on principle, I actually appreciate the. At least stated loyalty to that idea that the jury should be impartial. Do I believe that's what she's really getting at? Or do I believe that's even possible in this jurisdiction? Probably not, but I get the idea. Anyway, um, Trump's lawyer, John Lauro, said Trump will scrupulously abide by his conditions of release. But, uh, you know, John Lauro, I I saw him do the media tour last week. I think um, he's pretty good. I think he's pretty good at defending Trump. That said, I've never seen a lawyer successfully get Trump to shut up. So I... (laughs) Godspeed, John. Yeah. John Lauro, I, I know you're saying what you got to say in the courthouse, but uh, you're not going to get Trump to shut up. That ain't happening. Uh, it was also revealed this week, and this, I think, is much more important. Not that, that the ongoing, I think, legal harassment, if you want to put it that way, or the legal targeting of, of Trump, I think is important on principle. And it's important in terms of what the federal government or the uh, the Department of Justice would do to anybody they targeted, really. But this story in particular, I think, is um, is is more significant as it applies to the rest of us who could conceivably face a similar search warrant from the federal government. It was revealed this week that special counsel Jack Smith searched Trump's Twitter account without Trump's knowledge. Newly unsealed court documents show that on January 17th, prosecutors applied for and received a search warrant directing Twitter to produce data and records relating to Trump's account. I saw a report that they were asking for records of draft tweets that he didn't send. So I'm unclear on exactly what the data they were 
getting or received was was yeah but in any case it's it's data from in his account that is not publicly available so in an everyday context i think of things like dms you know uh you have all kinds of private communication but how much was he communicating with people who knows it's the idea here is that they could go get that information on people they target you know and maybe trump doesn't dm but a lot of people I'm talking do. about in his specific case though yeah but it is a good warning to all of us yeah i guess they're looking for trump dming someone saying uh, I, I know the election was square, but I'm going to lie and say that it wasn't so that they storm the Capitol. Lol, it's going to be hilarious. They're looking for something like yeah. that. Anyway, um, so they, they got this this warrant to search Trump's Twitter account. And, and maybe you find that controversial or maybe you don't. We get warrants to conduct searches. That's not really the most controversial part of this. What makes this move particularly controversial is the warrant was served along with an order that prohibited Twitter from notifying anybody Trump included about the existence of the, uh, or the contents of the warrant. So, Hey, give us his private info, but don't tell him that we took his private info is what the feds are saying. Mm. Prosecutors reasoning was that if Trump knew about the warrant, he would jeopardize the investigation by giving him an opportunity uh, it would jeopardize the investigation by giving him an opportunity to destroy evidence, change patterns of behavior, or notify Confederates. That's an interesting word choice in here. Notify yeah. the Confederates. <laughs> we can't uh, we can't have Union Intel get to the Confederates or something. I don't know. It's just a weird word outside of a Civil War context, but whatever. Twitter actually uh, challenged Twitter challenged the Justice Department on this move and did not comply initially. Twitter appealed the order, arguing it violated the First Amendment and the Stored Communications Act. Twitter lost that appeal, and they did eventually comply, but they failed to produce all the requested information until three days after the court's deadline, placing the company in contempt, and so Twitter was ordered to pay a $350,000 fine for the delay. Uh, this NPR coverage notes that searches on, of social media and criminal investigations are very common, but a non-disclosure order is not. So I would like to hear from uh, a, a lawyer with some Fourth Amendment expertise. Does the right against unreasonable search and seizure include the right to notice of the search? You think of this in the old times. If the government is coming to take your papers, you kind of know that they did. You just they, knew. Not anymore. Yeah, they got to physically come take your papers. Now, in the digital age, they're capable of harvesting all sorts of your private information off some server in God knows where without you even knowing so long as whoever holds the keys to that server is willing to fork it over. Maybe I'm misunderstanding. I invite those of you who might know more to send me an email so that I can. It, it just seems like an area of constitutional law that might need some clarification. Is a warrant without notice a reasonable search and seizure or not? Yeah, it's an interesting question. And that's one that I think is very important for all of the rest of us. You know, the, the FBI decides they don't like your posts, so they want to get into your DMs. Um, you think they see some shit publicly. They're going to definitely see some shit privately. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Delete your DMs is what I'm saying. No, oh, they can still get them. <laughs> yeah, they probably can. They probably have them stored in 50, 50 different places. Okay. Uh, definitely got to get to the hoax hate because we got to leave time for the movie review too. So let's get into it. Uh, 
And now, the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. You think they'll notice? It's getting very interesting. Last week, we talked about this story of uh, a, a teenager who was initially believed to be a Muslim, but then turned out not to be a Muslim, stabbed this parading gay man. And there was the video of the gay guy. And I thought his dick was hanging out. But then your dad clarified it was just the underwear that he was wearing. And ultimately, it came around to there is no way that this was just 17 year old kids saying, hey, look, a gay guy who's too gay. Let's get him and stab yeah. him. And yeah, we yeah. don't have the evidence yet, but we have a hint of how this case may develop. You know, he was indicted on nine counts. So oh, second degree murder as a hate crime. Second degree murder. I don't know why those are two different counts. First degree manslaughter as a hate crime. Criminal possession of a weapon. Just Isn't the weapon bizarre? possession was criminal? The knife, I guess, or whatever it was used? I guess so. But first degree manslaughter as a hate crime is different than first degree manslaughter. And they have him on second degree murder and... Is this one of those things where like a jury can choose the charge that applies or something like that? I don't know. I I hate this. Also, manslaughter as a hate crime. I guess that kind of makes sense. But manslaughter is manslaughter is usually like a negligence thing, right? It's not. uh, okay. Mm -hmm. so you could have hateful negligence like, oh, there's a bunch of um, minorities walking this street. So I'm just going to drive 70 miles an hour down the street generally without any specific intent toward an individual. And I guess maybe that's that- the case they're making. Yeah. Um, mm. So this kid, uh, Dimitri Popoff, he's being tried as an adult, but his lawyer said, uh, once I get all the evidence, I strongly suspect that we'll be going self-defense. And then he has reasonable grounds to reasonably believe that he had to defend himself in this situation. So uh, there, there will be more to come as expected. I think we both predicted that this was not, there is more than was than was originally reported i guarantee of course there was some kind of confrontation some sort something happened before there was a stabbing and um given how much video exists of the area some of which we've already seen i wouldn't be surprised if the uh, the actual stabbing incident itself is caught on tape i will be watching this story closely you know that uh, that guy got a shout out from beyonce because he was voguing beyonce or whatever the dead guy yeah Beyonce is even involved in this case. He was dancing to a Beyonce song or something. <sighs> Can't someone self-defense themselves against her? See, now listen to the things I have to say because I don't want to get yeeted by the FBI. Self-defense themselves is a very uh, awkward phrasing. Uh, yeah, but we will have to work on it. I get it. It's, it's difficult now, you know, tough times. Okay, this story. Uh, this story is so absurd that I, I thought I had to be missing something. But upon looking into it, I don't think that I am. Police in Leeds, England, arrested a 16-year-old autistic girl at her home this week after she was accused of making a homophobic comment to a police officer. Now, even if she did make a homophobic comment to a police officer, that doesn't sound like grounds for arrest in anything claiming to be a free country. But maybe the joke's on me. Maybe the UK doesn't claim that anymore. I don't know. Or maybe they never did. But apparently... It wasn't even a homophobic comment. And in fairness, the police officer involved does indeed look very dikey, but I'll allow you to make the call on that one. According to her mother, this 16 year old had her um, or told her mom in public that this police officer, quote, looked like her Nana, who is a lesbian. And somehow the police officer took that as an insult 
And then sometime thereafter, police came to the family home uh, and arrested the girl. And there's video of it. It's not a homophobic remark. She said, I think she's a lesbian like, like Nana. She won't come out. She's got autism. I'm Lisa. So she can come out. Because we're trying not to do this, aren't we? We've been trying for a long time. But she hasn't done nothing, no. Oh my gosh. They have real problems in this country. Yeah. How many rapes? Uh, yeah. How many of those we got to solve? Um, she does look like her Nana lesbian. Lesbian Nana. She looks like, well, I thought. I was going to call her discount Megan Rapino, but she actually looks better than Megan Rapino, I think. So maybe Ugh. that's unfair. Pass. Point is not at all unreasonable to say, Hey, that woman looks like a lesbian considering she makes uh, obvious efforts to look like a lesbian and uh, assuredly is a lesbian. Now, I thought it was hilarious that even to uh, arrest an autistic 16 year old girl over words, this chick cop still needs male backup. She's standing yeah. there talking shit and sending these men in to make the arrest. Uh, the incident happened on Monday and uh, by Friday, the West Yorkshire police department released a statement saying in relation to an incident in Leeds on Monday, where a 16 year old girl was arrested on suspicion of a homophobic public order offense, West Yorkshire police what? has now reviewed the evidence and made the decision to take no further action. This concludes the criminal investigation and immediately releases the girl from her bail. So apparently she actually, she had to pay to avoid uh, jail time, I guess her family has been updated. So I guess they're going to let this thug autistic teen girl get away with her commentary about the obvious. Um, now you may think that this is insane and harsh treatment, but in, in fairness, I think we should consider the lesbian was very restrained that she didn't beat up the girl in defiance of the domestic abuse stats. And she didn't even put her in the squad car and drive her off a cliff. So all things considered, I think very fair lesbian treatment. Is there one I'm forgetting? I was trying to think how many vi lesbian violence incidents have we featured? Well, those dykes that burn their house down with their dog in it. Oh yeah. That was a classic. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about Jackie Chan's daughter the other day too, even though that oh, wasn't yeah. violence. That was a bizarre episode. I don't know why. Really I think we weird. were thinking about Jackie Chan's daughter because of uh, Kung Fu Panda. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, they, they let her get away with it. So uh, who knows? Pure chaos in, uh, in England. Uh, this last story, it's actually a couple weeks old, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. So I have to discuss it. It, it happened at the end of July. Uh, this is Chattanooga, Tennessee, and in Chattanooga, the Lookouts are a minor league baseball team, and their logo is two eyeballs looking out. And uh, for apparently some time, the team has sold T-shirts. I guess the logo has existed for a long time. I'm unclear when these T-shirts were made. Uh, they might be new. The logo's not. It's an adaptation of it. But the team has been selling T-shirts manufactured by Nike, and I think Nike's involvement here makes it even more hilarious, considering the 
the direction that company has taken in recent years. But Nike's making these shirts that say Nuga and the O's are the two eyeballs, the team logo. And you can see where this is going. Nuga is, of course, way too close to, uh, well, you know what. The lookouts have pulled a shirt off their shelves after some fans say it looks too much like a racial slur. Well, if you want to purchase this shirt on the lookouts baseball team official website, you're not going to find it. That's because the team pulled it off of their website after a video went viral on social media of a man saying it looks too much like a racial slur. That's all I want to know. Like, who looked at this like, yeah, send it. Send it to the press. Some people saying that, you know, you know, you people are too sensitive. If they do find it offensive, they, that's that's their prerogative. They can do that, you know. And I don't think the people on the opposite side of that should use I never get offended as a weapon. Okay. I'm with them, though. Nobody thought of this. Uh, I just want one of the shirts. I have to so have I. one now. I got to track Can we get down. one on eBay? I'm sure that even if Nike stops making them, you could, I'm sure someone's got to be making them. So, um, Hey, I, you can, I just, I just wonder, do they have to change the name of the city too? <laughs> Chatta African American, Chatta <laughs> city of color, Chatta jogger, yeah. Chatta jogger. Chatta has jogger. Nice, I like it. Um, but yeah, this Harder. guy who, who started the whole TikTok uh, reaction, he he's, I don't even understand what he's saying at the end there. He's bitching. He's the one bitching about the T-shirts and he's the one who got the T-shirts pulled. And he says people who are not offended are weaponizing their non-offense. How? What is the weapon? Uh, Wear the T-shirt that you want. How is that a weapon? It's completely passive to say, okay, that you can wear that T-shirt if you'd like to or not if you don't. Um, But I'm going to track one of these down. It's I, I have to have one of these for streamware. And um, I've seen no comment from the team, just the uh, deletion of the shirt from team marketplaces. So go lookouts. Uh, I'm a fan now after all of this. Well, I would <laughs> I would be a, bi- a bigger fan if they actually issued a strong statement saying, you know what? Now it's just chatting Nick and they just <laughs> went hard. R. <laughs> now we're doing the full shirt after this. We've had enough. OK, uh, Anything else before the movie review? No, let's do it. Okay. In a world of movie references flying over his head, one man will finally watch them. This is the Matt and Blonde Show movie review. Tonight's movie is the 2008 star-studded animated adventure Kung Fu Panda in which a giant panda becomes an unlikely Kung Fu prodigy and fulfills his destiny to defeat an escaped supervillain persuading himself and his critics of his improbable abilities. From movie picker J.G. Henry, I had to include an animation pick, uh, and this one, or this is one of the best. Not for the animation, but for the story and the comedy of Jack Black. The sequels are very good, too. My daughter is nearly a black sash in Kung Fu. We love to watch the outrageous antics, and it delivers a great story with a lot of fun. Of course, we have Jamie and Jeannie's AI art for the week, and I was really wondering how they were going to do this with the computer animation. They pulled it off, though. Yeah, um... 
you know, this photo of me as Poe, that looks pretty close to me about 10 years ago. I was about that weight and size. So the panda with the beard, although I didn't have a beard back then. I was about that weight right now. Well, you have an excuse at least. Uh, Anyway, as always, your review and your rating. Yeah, it was nice to have a movie to watch with my daughter. So um, this was a lot of fun. I did like that it wasn't it wasn't really a Rudy situation. Like I thought it was funny that he was highly motivated by food, (laughs) but he did have to have some like magical power bestowed upon him to um, to beat what was it? Tai Lung. Yeah. He wasn't like like he didn't have like a six pack and everything after like two days of training, which I kind of appreciated. I was like, I know this is all unrealistic, but I still looked at that and I was like, thank you for giving me that one. Um, yeah, he won because of this very specific technique. Although I was a little confused by that. It was magical, right? Uh, this finger technique he used to defeat Tai Lung. Oh yeah. I hadn't thought about that. Like, is that, was there some, something supernatural about that? I thought I think, it had to be supernatural. I think the movie, I think the conclusion of the movie is that um, belief in self creates those seemingly supernatural abilities, something like that. I hate that. There Thought are, that it was bestowed upon him. Maybe he became magical. Yeah, I have. Um, well, I won't. I'll wait to oh, this, this is articulate like my then. points about the philosophy of this movie. Oh, fuck. Um, I might be wrong in my entire movie. Review. No matter. Um, you know, he really was the dragon warrior after all. It was a lovely break from my AIDS freak out. <laughs> Fun to watch. I gave it four out of five. Four out of five. All right. We, uh, well, what do you, what do you, you think I liked it, hated it, something in between? I mean, how could you hate it? I'm actually right there with you, which actually, which surprised me because I thought looking at this movie, I thought oh, it's going to be cutesy kids crap where it's just look, a, a, a character of unlikely ability somehow achieves that ability because he believes in himself. Oh, my God. And you, if you want to be a hardened critic, you actually could make that case against this movie. And I kind of will in a moment, at least on one particular point. But I was trying to piss off my wife while watching it. <laughs> trying to make those points about being unrealistic. Like there, there's no way a panda would launch into the sky with fireworks and survive. That I was wondering fall, if you were going to do that. That fall had to be hundreds of feet. There's that panda's died five times, but, <laughs> but uh, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, what, there are so many moments of interesting philosophy in this movie. And on the main point, I both appreciate and disagree uh, with it. The idea being that there is no secret ingredient. That's kind of the the main theme of the movie. There's no trick. There's no magic. There's no secret to doing something great. It just depends on you and your belief in yourself and your effort level. And in general, I think it's very true that um, that that belief in self, confidence and effort are important values to maintain. And I will teach my kids that lesson. But I think it's too simple. And I'll get to the reason that it's too simple. In the things I don't like about this movie, but it. On that point out there, I have general appreciation when uh, I love this character, Ugwe, the turtle. He's just got he's got line after line. I love this line of one often meets his destiny on the road he takes to avoid it. And I'm a big believer in in free will because I think it's a concept that is necessitated by morality. That is to say, how can you choose or behave rightly uh, if you never were free to behave wrongly in the first place, if everything is predestined, then what is morality? You're designed to be good or bad, and you can't really exercise any control over that. 
But I think in very broad concepts, we do have destiny. Like we're all destined for death, of course. Um, and I think there's great danger when we behave irrationally to avoid those inevitabilities. See the entire saga of COVID. All that was people irrationally trying to avoid the inevitability of death, thinking that yeah. if we oh, just yeah. take enough precautions, we won't die somehow. It was all nonsense. So I just, I thought like there are big things for which we are destined in general. When we try to sidestep them and dance around them, we find them anyway. And the way that was phrased, I just, uh, it's prompted a lot of thought. I, I appreciated it. This uh, exchange between uh, Shifu, the rat guy, right? Is that his name? I forget what it was. You know, the, 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 the rat guy who's under Uguay, but is uh, the master of the rest of them. That I guy. can't remember his name. They're having this conversation and Uguay is talking about the illusion of control and illustrating the concept through this peach tree of wisdom. The idea being that there are things over which you have power and things over which you do not. And it's crucial to understand the difference. I think this is true as a moral matter and just a practical matter, things that you actually physically can control or not. And the point being, well, when we, when we plant a tree in this case, we can water that tree, we can nurture that tree, that tree might grow bountiful fruit because we've treated it well, but there are still limits. That peach tree is only growing, going to grow peaches. It will never grow apples. It will never grow cherries. And if we try to force cherries out of the peach tree, we're going to find a lot of frustration and problems. And I just thought this was really fascinating. I'm not sure this is a point that could even be made in a kid's movie today, because what does that say about things like gender ideology? Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, so, some things are set in stone and it's on you to, to respect them. Um, I don't know. Might they go back and say, you know what? If that peach tree believes it's a cherry tree, it can produce <laughs> surgically manufactured cherries if it wants to. He also, uh, Ugwe has this exchange about there are no accidents. Yeah, that whole, it's like this five minute bit, this conversation between them that just had me thinking about so many different things. And, um, I don't interpret what he's talking about there to mean there's no such thing as an absence of intent. Clearly there are all sorts of things that happen in the absence of intent, but I think a lot about these concepts of accidents and how it applies to the way that my life or anybody's life has developed. You think, Oh man, I wish I would have, if I hadn't committed that wrong or if I hadn't um, made that mistake years ago, a lot of terrible things could have been avoided, but it's like you and I have discussed uh, a lot. It's like there's one path to the spouses that we have, to the children that we have, and to the professional endeavors that we have. And it's the path oh, that yeah. we took. And if you change yeah. any of those, you have an altered trajectory. So, you know, if, if you believe that, that, yeah, if you believe in the concept that things happen for a reason and that there is purpose for really everything up to and including your life itself, just the inherent value of your life, if that has purpose, well, then generally speaking, there aren't really accidents, universally speaking, in terms of the universe overall. I don't know. Just stuff that Uwe talks about that I think is really interesting. Um, make a couple quick points here. Excellent cast. Uh, I, there were several times where I thought, or where I said out loud, that guy's in this? She's in this? I can't believe I that. I can look up the cast. It's like they're all A-listers. But the best performance is um, Ian McShane as Tai Long. And because I love, De he's just a villain by nature, yeah. but really I could is. just, I just, Al Swearingen in Deadwood is all I could hear. So, and then I went back and watched clips of Al and Wu from Deadwood. If people haven't seen Al Swearingen is just this rough and tumble saloon owner who it's kind of the boss of the town. 
and he interacts with this Chinese immigrant named Wu. And there are all sorts of uh, vulgarities exchanged. So I'm just waiting yeah. for Tai Lung to yell at all these Chinese characters <laughs> in this movie. Listen, you slur. But it didn't happen. Dead would. Oh, Jackie Chan was the monkey. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was thinking he was the mantis, but yeah, who the who the hell was the mantis? That was like Lucy Liu, right? Seth Rogen was the mantis. Oh Lucy yeah, that's right. That's right. Seth. Angelina Seth Rogen, Jolie. Seth Rogen was the only terrible casting. Get him out of this movie. Um, there's this scene. Uh, I thought it was kind of prophetic. He's giving uh, Poe the mantis. Speaking of the mantis, giving Poe all this acupuncture. Oh, I yeah. think I may have uh, yeah. accidentally stopped his heart. Needles stopping hearts. You don't say. I wonder uh-huh. how much. Pfizer paid them to shut up about yeah, that. Really. Anyway. Um, okay. That brings us to really my, my complaint with this movie or the philosophy of this movie is actually in the context of appreciation for its broader point. I just think it needs modification. I don't, I think it's too naive and too flowery to say there is no secret ingredient. There is, it's called talent and some people have yeah. it for a particular thing and some people don't. I loved music when I was younger. I would have loved to play in a band. Guess what? I tried and tried on guitar. I could have played guitar for eight hours a day. I wouldn't have even been the best guitarist in my friend group. And that's oh, okay. That's a bummer though. But that, that is the secret ingredient as to why some people have record deals totally. and I don't. It's not to be defeatist though. It's not to say, well, if you don't have the secret ingredient, you're fucked. I think instead of saying there is no secret ingredient, the better lesson is to find your secret ingredient. And I may not have the secret ingredient for music, but I like to believe I have a better secret ingredient for what I do now, which is analyzing, explaining, maybe even a little entertaining. I can do this. I can't play guitar as if, as as well as other people can. And so that's why there's no shame in in hitting a dead end in something that you love or something that you wish you were good at. You still have to find that motivation. If you don't have the secret ingredient for X, try Y and then try Z and try A, B, and C, and eventually stuff. Yep, no, you'll you will find something that you're better at, if not, maybe not better than everybody in the world, but better than everybody around you, or better than most. And that, and when you find that secret ingredient, that's when you go for it. And when I think about how I would teach lessons like this to my kids, that's the sort of thing I would say. It's not yeah. what, it's not literally whatever in the world you want to do, you can do. Because there's some, it's good to have that trajectory i suppose but the reality is you're going to be naturally excellent at some things and naturally terrible or maybe even terrible despite all the the effort you can muster at others and you really need to find where your talents apply anyway um that's just my slight dis- dispute with its core message i think it's still an excellent family movie that um gets most of its philosophy right and it's a movie i would happily watch again with my children in the future so it is a four Wiki oh, rating. Oh, great. Wiki, 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 wiki. Mmm. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. And in many ways, it was one of those that is the most enjoyable to watch, where you go in with low expectations and it greatly exceeds what you were expecting. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I would consider the sequels, too. Although, you know, the sequels never really live up, but maybe someday I'll watch them. Um, as far as audience... Uh, reception yeah people are generally in uh in in our area uh 40 of the initial responders are saying four wikis a quarter of the initial responders are saying three and then you kind of have an even split of one two and five after that so you know general like maybe not love but uh 
Oh, I should say on the voting too, this applies to both your own rating for the movie. And then as we'll get to the vote for the movies of upcoming, you know, the vote for the movie next week. Um, as I mentioned last week, people were reporting getting a notification that if they try to vote, it tells them that they uh, that they have already voted when they haven't. I've been in discussion with the poll service, and they're telling me that's because of a security issue with iOS, iOS uh, being the operating system on Apple mobile devices. So if you're getting that error, almost assuredly you are on an Apple mobile device. And if so... Uh, try using a desktop or a laptop computer and you will be able to vote there. I know that's not ideal. I know people would like to vote on their Apple mobile devices, ideally. Uh, So the poll service is still working on it. Um, But until we're able to get that fixed, just vote on a desktop or laptop computer. And that should resolve the issue. Next week, we're watching Contact. Really? uh, Jodie Foster and Matthew McConaughey. Wow. Okay. Haven't seen it. Uh, Aliens or something, I gather. And then uh, we have one more week to vote on listener J.G. Henry's nominations for August. The list will refresh next week for September. But the remaining nominees include Passengers, the 2016 movie, Silverado, All the President's Men, Roxanne, The American President, or of course, you can reject the list and vote for a randomly selected top-rated movie instead. And if you would... uh, As a reminder, if you'd like to read my movie reviews, comment how wrong I am, submit your own movie rating, vote for the next movie, and sign up for the chance to be the movie nominator for the month, the one and only place to do it is in my weekly movie review column linked in the description and on the homepage of the website. I would say mattchristensenmedia.com, but it's now mattis.gay. Mattis.gay. You can find it just as easily that way, thanks to some rando in the chat. All right. Speaking of the chat, we'll get back to our chatters and we'll uh, we'll call it a show. So let's see. Where did I leave off on Rumble? I think uh, late to the party was up next. Congrats on the new additions to your families regarding the Fourth Amendment. Cops can make you unlock your phone with biometrics. So use a pin to unlock it. I do hope you'll cover more of the chosen more often. Ah, I, th- I think I understand what you're getting at there, but uh, Raja Muhan is looking at me with a furrowed brow, if I'm understanding correctly, or maybe I'm not. But anyway, thank you for the int. The Fourth Amendment it's an applica- and its application to the digital world is getting all kinds of crazy. The other area that's um, sort of messy is what rules apply to the government buying data now, too, even when it's anonymized. But we're all submitting Ugh. all the location data and all this stuff. And then the government is just a customer. They go to Verizon and AT&T and say, can we just have the anonymized data for purchase? Yeah. And because you've agreed to the terms and you know pile of contractual language that you didn't read, um, they can actually see the locations. If not with your name attached to them, where you're going, if they know anything about you, like you live in this apartment and you go to that gym or this grocery store, they can figure out what dot you are. Uh, and it's, it's already happening. Uh, Nikki941 says some numbers went up on a screen which made numbers go up on my screen and therefore have some numbers on a screen. Thanks for the show and for being the start to my work week. Well, thank you kindly for your support for the show as well. It is very much appreciated. Over a billion, two hundred, a trillion, two hundred billion dollars. That was the exact number. Exactly. Are you good? Uh, Yes. Thank you. Okay. 
Let's see, Lunderwear. I just launched my first YouTube video today at Situational Citizen. Uh, going to be a 2A EDC and preparedness channel. Congrats on the girl blonde and the baby boy, Matt. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you kindly. And good luck with the YouTube channel. I know, um, uh, well, I don't, he's not asking for advice, so I probably shouldn't give any advice. <laughs> that would be presumptuous of me. Uh, I'm, all I'm saying is I hope you, in, it's a tough world out there with the Raja Muhans and the rest of them. I hope that you're making a channel outside of just YouTube, like consider the rumbles of the world and all the rest. And, um, and I hope that you enjoy it for its own sake to start. I think that's really the difference between channels that sustain and channels that die out is do you enjoy the process for its own sake? And you've got, to, yeah. do you enjoy it if there's one person watching or a million people watching? Uh, and that'll be for you to assess, but I, I hope that, uh, I hope you enjoy it and I hope, uh, all the, all the success, uh, you achieve all the success you're looking for. Donate 2K. Blonde, easy peasy. God wants you to attend Robert's Bible study starting in September. Uh, See you there. Maybe that's it. Well, geez, he could have just told me, you know? Uh, yes, God has informed me that you are all to attend Bible study with Robert and me. Uh, September 15th, we're starting. We don't have a... Um, we're going to do... Starting with a little bit of Genesis and then moving into Acts... Um, we don't have the specific time set, but if you're interested in Bible study, head on over to mattis.gay and look for the Bible study page linked on the home page. And there is a, a box where you can put your email address in there. And as soon as I have an official time for, uh, for all of this to happen, I'll send out an email to the group and we will get the Bible study going once again. Justin Chatelet, read Inventing the AIDS Virus by Peter Duesberg. It'll take you down a rabbit hole involving a devious Fauci. It posits mm. that AIDS was an attempt to find a new scary virus to justify more government funds. And HIV AIDS, was that why? Yes. I am wondering just, just how this happens. Uh, after, after the corona stuff of the last couple of years, I, I could believe almost anything out of the medical industry is... Uh, is some degree of a hoax or some degree of deception with some sort of profit motive or control motive or whatever. I mean, my trust in these people has been absolutely shattered. Destroyed. Yeah. Robin D banks, Matt and I once made love. He busted through my front door by surprise, sprang everywhere. I just stood there wide eyed in shock. At least he finished me off quickly, laying me to rest under a sheet. Dark. That was, that's a big game, man. That's a bit dark, man too. Jeez. It's uh. But at the same time, it's like these things are so ridiculous. You, you have to joke about them. So I'm not I'm not disputing Robin, of course. Um, I think he would but, want but it that way. You know. Thanks for supporting the show. Hey, man, if the feds I, I'm, I'm telling you right now, if the feds come and do that to me, uh, I do not object to any and all jokes. Meme, Roast me all you want. Uh, I, I fully endorse it. Tortuga, moral of the story, never raid an old man before he's made it to Cracker Barrel. Seriously, though. You break through my window while I'm still sleeping and wonder why we get in a shoot. Of course. And, yeah. and, um, you know, he talked about the defensive mindset. Of course, that's, that's how he was going to be. They knew this would happen. In, in what world do you expect to kick down a, a door of a private home and not have a gun pointed at you? Mm-hmm. And I, I Especially understand in Mormon territory. Like, what are you thinking? Everyone owns yeah. a gun. I understand when guns are pointed at you, it's a you or them situation, but can we not make some distinction? This is not the same as a criminal out on the street pointing a gun at police in some sort of confrontation about a crime. Like this guy appears to have made what, you know, could have been criminal, uh, criminal threats, or at least sufficient for investigation, sufficient for charge. And we'll have the jury decide. But anytime you, 
he he wasn't out on the street pointing guns at people, in which case I get it if he shot in response. You're in your house, man. If yep. you're in my house, and I don't know who the hell you are. A gun pointed at you is absolutely kind treatment. So long as the, the trigger isn't pulled. The trigger does. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, that that just should be a given. Generally speaking, enter a home where you don't belong and guns get pointed at you. That is exactly. uh, that's the natural state of the world. In common at hands, contact was on my list. I like I say I liked Interstellar the first time when it was called contact. I disagree with Dave Cullen's review. Maybe you can ask him to revisit Harrison hmm. Ford had a real affair with Carrie Fisher. FYI, really? Oh, I didn't. Oh, that must have been what was referenced last week. So it was that was the nature of the Star Wars thing. It wasn't the characters. It was that they yeah. there was legit infidelity with the actors. Um, oh, OK. So there. but anyway, there's a lot of overlap between Interstellar and Contact. That'll be interesting to watch out for. Of course, Matthew McConaughey's in both, which will also be interesting. Yeah, um, some rando. I forgot to mention, I'll send an email later in the week with the transfer details for the domain if you're interested. If not, I'll just leave the redirect up. I, li- I, I like the redirect. Hey, man, you own mattis.gay. I'm, I, you know, <laughs> if, if you want to transfer it, that is uh, appreciated. But uh, even if I had ownership of the domain, all I would do is direct to my website Yeah. in the same way. So... I, I, I'm inclined to say, man, you, you put up the effort to secure it. You are welcome to maintain it how you wish. And if that's redirecting to my website, I do not object. AP midwife. It's probably just a false positive happens all the time. It's a known problem. Anyone with a brain, then why are you administering these tests? That's true. I think it's, it's many of those people probably have AIDS. They just need to have that as their uh, voicemail. When you call the clinic, I know I, I don't want to make it sound like it's my midwife's fault this is a lab error it's not their fault and as you might imagine i'm a very difficult patient <laughs> so you know yeah but this wasn't the thing person. where it's like oh my god your level of like whatever weird hormone is like five percent outside the normal range this was hey you've tested hiv positive that's pretty yeah. significant i mean i'm trying to think if it was my wife i guarantee i would have had the same reaction of laughing because i know that's not true but I also know that we would have been exercising similarly serious efforts to get some answers from the clinic involved in this case. Right. And that's the thing, like everybody's acting like, well, it's a false positive. Don't investigate further. I'm like, but I want to know. I want to know why it was a false positive, um, because, you know, I, I don't think there's something wrong with me or the baby. I think it's this is a lab error, but still that needs to be investigated. Like. What if I were in a different situation and I, I were 20 and this was an accidental pregnancy that I had with my new boyfriend. And then like, we did have some risk factors, you know, I'd be freaking out. And then I was eight weeks pregnant. And then the, the stress of it made me lose the baby. Yeah. There can be real consequences for this. People could get divorced. If this could cause, what if I found out that my husband had had an affair this way? Uh, yeah. Yeah. If it was real and that was, that's the way it was revealed. Yeah. Um, Jeez, uh, knuckle hunky bucks. This is a classic. Isn't Nigerosaurus just another name for Velociraptor? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that is funny! Thank you, hunky bucks. Always appreciated. Peter, mom or blonde? My mom. <laughs> my mom is a nurse and once had to treat some whore prostitute Thai woman. Somehow, some of the hose blood got into my mom's eye. Very, very long wait to get confirmation that she does not have turbo AIDS or other some other terrible SC. That's true, but that's also a, not an effective way to transmit HIV. That, that's something similar happened to my father as well. 
I don't really wow. get the uh, dynamics of AIDS, not to be too gruesome, but I gather there's something about a particular uh, style of sexual behavior that that makes that. But I guess I don't understand, like, why? Why pooping doesn't cause the same number of fissures <laughs> that anal sex causes? Is no, no, not ask? that. Oh, it's okay. just like, if I'm understanding correctly, if you straight, like, if you have a cut, an open wound, and you just, like, stick an AIDS needle in there. But that has a lower probability of transmission than uh, than than um, uh, love is love behavior. Yeah. Uh, If you're talking about a single act of unprotected, receptive anal intercourse. That has the lower probability. The needle oh, okay. has like a four times higher. probability. So it's the it's the frequency of the behavior. It's the frequency. Got it. Right. Okay. I, I don't even think that the, the HIV rate is that high in the gay community. Hmm. Um, what a nightmare. Eric Burns March battling multiple health issues. Thanks for continued prayers. After I recover, I'll be more active in the chat because someone must set Matt straight on deep dish pizza and popcorn flicks. Thank you. We're, ah. we're praying for you. I'm not a, well, deep dish. I'm not a necessarily a, a huge hater. I can't remember what I've said in the past. I actually like a thick doughy pizza. Careful. I don't want to, say something that the chat will exploit. Uh, but my problem is when you go like the full authentic Chicago, where it's basically That's lasagna. lasagna. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and popcorn flakes, you know, it's true. It's like uh, in general, I want a movie that, that kind of makes me think about some competing set of values or some dilemma or something just to get me thinking about philosophical concepts when it's just, Hey, look at this cool explosion. Hey, look at these guns. I mean, I like, I guess I like shoot them up movies or whatever, but I just, that doesn't have a lot of staying power to me because I don't end up thinking about it later. So that's why I usually don't award high grades for things on pure action alone. Um, But anyway, that's beside the point. The primary point here is uh, all the best in, in your, with your health issues. We hope that you recover and uh, we look forward to uh, I look forward to hearing about how I'm wrong when you are at full strength. So thanks for supporting <laughs> Me the show. Too. Injured Guardian. The 96% I cited was due to folks constantly falsely presuming that everything that a, th- that a thrift store sells is gained through donations. Oh, I see. Back. Okay. Donations make up 4% of my stock. I need more space for rants. Oh, I, I guess people could think that at like a Goodwill. But uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, I guess I don't know. I, I've never really like tried to raise a dispute at a thrift shop. And been like, oh, you money grabber. What? Like, I don't know. I've never. Me neither. So, but I could see that. I guess I could see people raising that issue. Knuckle hungry buck. That Conan Rapino Dyke cop looks just like the kid that played Dennis the Menace. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's those memes uh, I love? Like, this is so and so feel old yet. Yeah. This is Dennis the Menace. Feel ooh, old feel yet. Old. I do. I need yeah. to reload. Do you have? Uh, um, yeah. Oil King says, can we get a follow up on Daniel Penny as well as you dunking on Philip DeFranco on his take on the subway incident? Uh, if you want more subway trams, we must be allowed to combat. Yag, yag, yag. I tooted, of course. Um, I don't know what the, the status is on Daniel Penny. Of course, he was charged in New York. He showed up. He pled not guilty. And as far as I'm aware, the uh, the trial is uh, pending and the, the proceedings are ongoing. So I don't know if there's any update in how all that's happening. I don't know what Philip DeFranco said about that incident, but I could imagine it's something like what he said about the covenant uh, Catholic kids when they were accused of being racist toward that Indian man at the Lincoln Memorial. 
I mean, I was never a huge Philly D fan before, but at that point when he ripped on these kids as racist, like right off the bat and stuff without taking a second to evaluate what had actually happened. I mean, that, that really bothered me. I don't know what he said in this case could be something similar. Like how dare this evil racist man commit this racist attack on this nice Michael Jackson impersonator. I don't know. I'd be putting words in his mouth, which I probably have already done. Um, so I'll have to look at it, but, uh, but thank you. Oil King. Uh, who's up next? Oh, sorry. Uh, Eric Burns Marsh. Does Rick Perry's hunting camp sell t-shirts? Uh, oh yeah, I forgot. Didn't he have a, a controversy a few years ago? Uh, yes. Uh, the, the Washington post 2011 Rick Perry's family, Rick Perry family's hunting camp, still known by many as old racially charged name. It was N word head N word head. Uh, <laughs> apparently I don't, I don't know if they changed it yet or not. He said the N word. Um, knuckle hungry buck. Did you read that one? Wait, no, this one we did not. Um, Matt, we all know you didn't have a beard 10 years ago. You met her through the show a few years ago. <laughs> mm. How dare you? You know, you can, beard uh, we met. You can uh, smear me all you like. You will not smear my wife. I will not stand for it. Oh, I thought you were talking about when we met. Oh, no. I thought he was but calling my wife beard. The, the beard of our relationship. That is definitely what, what he was saying. Yeah, I've um, always, uh, in the era in which you've known me, I've I've never I've been clean shaven, yeah. clean shaven, yeah. Um, but prior to that, I was clean shaven most of the time. Like, not prior to exactly when we met, but I mean like prior to 2014, roughly. Uh-oh. Yeah. Um, Eric Burns Marsh, the secret sauce is chunky tomato on a Chicago-style pizza. I am so hungry. Ugh. Chunky tomato? That sounds delicious. I, I don't know. Uh, you know what I really like, though, is uh, like old Chicago is to tr- authentic Chicago pizza as like Panda Express is to real Chinese food. But they have that kind of cornbread crust or whatever. Delicious. It's yeah. fantastic. And it's not the lasagna stuff that is the authentic Chicago deep dish. That's as close as I get is old Chicago. But that's not, their, their pizzas are good, I think. I just don't like a wet pizza. Yeah. I thought you liked, uh, don't you like the New York style pizza? And that's like as greasy yeah. as it gets. No, but I, I don't like like a, like I think a, a crispy crust yeah. is like a, is an important quality to it. There's just too much like sauce and other shit on Chicago style pizza. I like pizza like a cracker, like St. Louis style pizza. I like, careful. I like thicker, but, <laughs> but, um, the it's actually with, crust girth that matters. Right. The The thing about uh, authentic Chicago is it's basically fork mandatory. You know, it, it's yeah. really hard to even and eat it as a slice. And then eating pizza with a fork makes me seem, uh, it makes me feel like an asshole. Yeah. Oil King, have you heard of Oliver Anthony's new song, Richmond, North of Richmond? It's gone viral. Nuga, nuga, bloop, bleep, bleep. No more Seth Rogen. You can't say nuga. I can say nuga. That's fine. Yeah. Um, Sag build bullies other guilds from growing. I don't know what any of that means, but everybody's been talking about the song. That guy's gone deep. I hope that he doesn't get captured by the establishment. He has had an incredible rise in a matter of a few days. So good for him. I think it's, uh, I think it's awesome. And uh, I was like, get him on your channel. I was like, I think he's getting more interesting requests. We could try. Um, we have our show assistant to try to reach out on our behalf. That's true. Hey, if we're trying for Tiffany Gomez, why not uh, Oliver Anthony? Aim high. Oh, poor Tiffany. Tiffany Gomez. I hope she has kids and that she has a normal life. 
it's just unfair to me. Like if this happened in uh, 2002, no one would ever know. And then she would just wake up the next day and be like, wow, I got really fucked up on that flight yesterday. <laughs> Those... She'd walk it off. She'd never talk about it again and it'd be fine. Yeah. And now this is going to define her life. It's bullshit. Yeah, um, I don't know. Give it like a, a year or two. I think that she'll, I think she can fade away if she wants to. I don't know if this is. Yeah, but she'll never be as famous for anything else in her life as she was for this. Probably not. Yeah, that's probably true. I hope. And if um, she did rise to fame independent of this, she then it would resurface and be like, and oh, Tosh she's. And is canceled. So it's like. Oh, she, yeah. Can, well, of all his bits, um, the Web Redemption stuff was the best. I, the best. I always liked those. Yeah. God, why did he get canceled? Didn't he make a rape so joke good. that was too rapey or something? I, oh, I come remember. on. It's Tosh. Yeah. Um, come on, Brian. Hi, Blonde. It's Fogel again, the guy that knows you're hot. I got two pointers to remain hot. One, not have AIDS. And two, for the love of God, stop sneezing in your hands. Love you, Matt. Hot two. Where am I supposed <laughs> to sneeze? Elbow. Elbow. We love you. You're very special. Thank I got to refresh again. Yeah, Mojack420 says, HIV does not survive outside the body. And taking it up the ass, you're basically shooting it up. Come on. <laughs> via Ugh. asshole oh my god i'm so glad syringe. i'm not reading this <laughs> it's but, wait, wait wait it's butt chugging homo gravy okay oh gosh, i hope this nice mormon family is not watching come on this man For the love of god they too they went to bed long ago you think so moja better yet i hope that they're all at the hospital delivering their healthy child as we speak and they'll never that woman is it. giving birth at home i guarantee oh uh, maybe so mojack also says Oh, Mojack, this one came came through twice. So if you didn't mean, actually it came through three times. So if you didn't mean to do that, send me um, a uh, an email and I will get some of that money sent back to you because Raja Muhan is doing this bit lately where he's telling people that transaction was not promise, uh, processed. And then you do it again and he says that was not processed until you do it eight times. And he says, oh, okay, it went through now. I'm going to charge you eight, eight times. times. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Injured Guardian says, Matt, look up Smith & Wesson uh, 1105617, if you have the time. It's one of my EDC knives. With respect, it might be a good fit for the children in a decade or so. Interesting. Uh, let me look it up right now. Uh, it's a pro knife and tool combo. Uh, this this website that I just went to doesn't have a photo, though. So do you want to refresh? I have to refresh. Do you want to refresh? And we'll see if we have more to read. And uh, I think we are good. Okay, yeah, what I'm seeing is a Smith & Wesson combo of what looks kind of like a Leatherman and then, um, you know, uh, uh, a Switchblade-type knife here. Uh, but it's out of stock over at Palmetto State where it comes up first. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. I'm not a huge knife guy. I do have some knives, and, uh, of course, I will, you know, I'll carry them or, or have them if I need to in a place that uh, tells me that I can't defend my, my family with a firearm and will... Some of those places don't even allow you to defend your family with like a two inch blade. But yeah, I mean, a blade is a, a great option to have if if um, if you're not allowed to carry something of greater force or even if you are carrying something of greater force, it's better to have more tools than fewer. Um, but I just don't know that much about knife choices, like what makes a good knife, what makes a crappy mm -hmm. knife, what knife is more tactically advantageous over others. So, um, yeah, if you have thoughts on that, go ahead and send it my way. And uh, thanks for the insight and for supporting the show. Uh, I think we're all set. Yeah. You, you refresh. Yeah. We're, we're good. Okay. Uh, 
Oh, just a few more over on Rumble here. Uh, Shadowband said, Shadowband420 says, I wonder if there was some other virus of some specific type of test that was popular that may have had false positives. Really makes you wonder, maybe Carrie Mullis would have something to say. Yeah, well, I remember some episodes of false positives in another context um, previously. I don't know who this figure is off the top of my head, but this was an American biochemist who died in 2019. And he has something to do with PCR testing. Dude, uh, I hope we find out that viruses aren't real in our lifetime or something like that. He expressed doubts that HIV is the sole cause of AIDS. So he had some thoughts, it sounds like. Uh, Nikki941 says, if you want some unfortunate stats on HIV rate, uh, rates, same-sex attracted black men have an HIV positive rate approaching 50%. So in the gay black community... HIV positive is 50%. I don't believe that. That seems insane. HIV positive rate. Yes. See if you can verify that. I would, I'd be actually shocked if that's the case, but I I assume you got that from how much? 39%. Okay. So a little under, but not drastically out of the ballpark. That's Mm -hmm. crazy. Uh, well, so I guess I'm left to conclude based on your frequency argument that it is rigorous and often in that particular demographic. Yeah. Hmm, okay. Okay. Well, you learn something every night. Uh, that's the aim for the show, at least. Anything else before we get out of here? No, let's do it. Okay. Well, thank you guys, as always, for tuning in and for supporting the show. Appreciate your chats. Appreciate your super chats. Appreciate all the ways in which you contribute to the show live. It's greatly appreciated. If you're tuning in later on demand, thank you kindly as well for supporting the show. And if you're listening and you can't get enough and you need more to listen to, you can head on over to the podcast page of the website uh, and the uh, audio platforms. They're all linked in the description or over on the website. Again, mattis.gay or officially mattchristiansonmedia.com slash podcast. You'll you'll find all uh, sorts of listenable material over there. We also extend our gratitude to our guest this evening, Tim Rich, if he is still listening and hasn't hasn't left because of all the things he's expressed. Appreciate his time. Uh, We'll be back, of course, next Sunday, because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it's not Meet the Press. It is the Matt and Blonde Show. Have a great night and a great week. Bye, guys.